Oh, hello. This episode of Cinema Swirl was made possible by our supporters over at patreon.com forward slash cinema swirl. Five dollar backers get access to our monthly bonus show Cinema Swill, where we take a look at some really crap films. And this month we covered The Room and had a bloody great time talking about it. To find out more, head on over to patreon.com forward slash cinema swirl. And without further ado, let's get swirling. Cinema Swirl! Come here to me, you pricks. It's episode number 46, and we have once again decided to go to Hollywood, California, in the Tinseltown states of America. Hello, once again, it's me, your old pal, Cowboy Kevin, riding through all these movies with my OTP Sam Ciappellini. How are you getting on today, my friends? I'm f- fabuloso today. I'm t- doing very well. Yeah? I have to be here. Very, very special themed edition of mm. the Cinema Swirl Vote. It was Second Chance Sunday for the Second City Second Saints. Yes. Second. It's <laughs> we put into the vote a few of the films that just narrowly missed out in previous votes. Yeah, and we had a Second Chance showdown at the Second Chance Saloon. Pew, 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 pew. Ricochet. Booking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, sorry, Sam. Get that clown out of here, yeah? Get him out of here. I don't like him. He's a clown. Get him out of here. No, but I'm one of the co-hosts, so you can't... <laughs> um, so I have to be here, to be I honest. I have to be here, and my horn needs to be here as well. <laughs> and I have, in the first 45 episodes, elected not to ring it, but yep. there it was. <laughs> um, our choices were Mary Poppins, we had Scarface, and we had 2001 A Space Odyssey. Which is now my answer to what three people would you like to invite to a dinner party? past present <laughs> those three people mary poppins scarface himself and 2001 a space Odyssey. no not you stanley kubrick get your own dinner party i want 2001 the winner quite a runaway success was scarface which means either scarface is a lot more popular than i had reckoned mm. or mary poppins and 2001 together are way less popular than either well, of us figured i would say that mary poppins stood the greatest chance it did, did pretty well 2001 didn't get much of a look in if i'm being not at all. honest no uh, you know what it'll be a cracking episode but more fool ye huh <laughs> we'll have to do third chance thursday and oh, see if we no. can <laughs> That's there's that there's nowhere near as many nice things that roll off the tongue. I want some second chance city sinner saints here. <laughs> so doing Scarface. We're doing Scarface. We are we are once again back. Not fucking two minutes ago we were talking about Alio Pacino, and here we are once again talking about the man himself. Mm. And before we get into all the endeavors and how he became Scarface. <laughs> <laughs> All this and more when Cinema Swirl rolls on by going into the mailbag. Welcome to the mailbag. You might Yo. notice the uh, the theme there was a little different. That was a, a lovely acoustic single guitar arrangement and performance of the mailbag jingle by Tristan Carroll. That's oh, CS. Nice. 
underscore Tristan C on Twitter or for his custom music services that's facebook.com forward slash tune suite lovely nice little soft jingle for you there to ease you into the mailbag ease and I'm hoping Sam that this will be an unplugged edition of the (laughs) of the mailbag as a result so we're just going to unplug our mics real quick now and this will go fine I'm, I'm assuming like just Sam You'll have to speak up a bit louder, is all, so they'll hear you in the back now, because we've unplugged it a bit. It would have been nice if, if this edition had been actual physical mail. Yeah, it would have been yeah, acoustic mail. Like, I might yeah. print some of these off to waste some paper, and, you know, they can have the authenticity going. It's a shame, you know, we'll get all the real acoustic unplugged authenticity here. We're both sitting with our legs kind of splayed out a little bit more than usual, hands on the knees, you know? So we're raring to go here. It's an acoustic attempt at a mail. Bag. Okay, let's do this. So this first question. Oh, look at that now. Comes from facebook.com forward slash cinema store. <laughs> and this question comes from James McLean, who asks... And is, is that an actual book? A book of faces. A book of, of faces. So, <laughs> come look in my terrible book of faces yeah. if ye dare. And we looked into the face of James McLean, who asks, What film does Sam regret having seen in life the most? Because he subsequently realised it would have made a great podcast episode. Oh, that's it. I mean, now you're living life on the edge doing it all for the content mm. and I imagine this is kind of like you woke up in the middle of the night in a cold sweat going bah, but I could have done I know like The Matrix is a big one I've always but yeah that was one of my to. answers the, the one that I always go to in my mind is Jurassic Park oh yeah that would have been a fun one any of the kind of Disney Pixar films it would have been fun to do one of those I love the idea though that like your parents when you yeah. were a kid were like no he's going to see Jurassic Park <laughs> No, he does no way. They're dinosaurs. He needs to find out about this. This is important. He's not normally like this, but this is important. If he doesn't find out now about dinosaurs, when (laughs) will he find out then? This is a once in a generation opportunity. All of the Tarantino films. That yeah, would have been a, a blast to talk about. But Sam, what would you have talked about at university parties then, you know? <laughs> exactly. Fight Club as well is another university party film that I have Yeah, but watched. Sam, I would have even talked to you, man. I would have even <laughs> talked to you if you hadn't seen Fight Club. Like, you hadn't seen it and had proven to me that you understood it. Uh, yeah? Someone hasn't learned the first rule of Fight Club, mate. Oh, sorry. Yeah. All right, sorry. Shine away about it. The third rule of Fight Club is watch out for Jared Leto, yeah, because he's got <laughs> something not quite more than one's coming up with nine over here. I don't know what's going on with this cat. Well. So those are a few of them. I can't think of that many more biggins, really. Christopher Biggins. Oh, Biggin. for me, episode one of Star Wars, I think, for you. Because oh, yeah, no, I have seen I, that. I just wanted to review the uh, the other trilogy movies. But maybe we can do that on Cinema Swill well, and just bite, can. The, bite the bullet of people going, but they're good movies. And be like, I just, we want to do them, you know. Just, just do them anyway, come on. Yeah, be fine. Yeah. So those are the, those are a few. So, some occasionally come up. You'll bring up a film. I'm like, I, I actually I have seen that. No, to be fair, you kept. No, I have I have seen it. Yeah, and I'm glad you pointed it out now, Sam, because I don't want anyone to think that it's easy and I can just say rest on my laurels and go, oh, he's not seen nothing. There's there is a select few, which means that we're always on our toes. There are about know? five that <laughs> there are, and they're but they're they're not big enough that I have probably asked you yeah. in your life more times if you've seen The Matrix then can I get you another cup of tea or something yeah. like that like it's happened a lot like I think you're loads. hoping at one point I'll go 
No, actually, I haven't. <laughs> like, no, I, Kevin, I wasn't I'm out not. On to and, it. and also, have you lost weight? You're looking younger. <laughs> and, you know, it's just, he can't just live in a fantasy world. He's seen The Matrix. I have seen The Matrix. So yeah, those are those are my my picks for that. That's and there's the shame in your voice. You put the shame in your voice. Yeah, I've seen the Matrix. Like, yeah. <laughs> I like the first Matrix. I've seen all the Matrixes. Matrixes. Matrices. Matrices. Yeah, but are you a proper fan, mate? Did you enter the Matrix? Yeah. <laughs> did you enter the Matrix? Unless you did, I don't really think you're a proper fan. Like, has there not been a VR experience of the Matrix yet? Because that there, seems bloody should be. Imagine being right be. there in the Matrix with Keanu himself. You can do the, you know, the leaning back thing and fall over and really hurt yourself because you can't see <laughs> shit. So this is what it's like to be mobile. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, our next question. The mailbag also came into Facebook. All of these are coming from Facebook again. But they are questions this time. There's no otherwise. Sorry, are you like not manning the email anymore? I'm or ma- is it just... No, I'm manning the email. I'm looking at the email. Sam, it's not a moribund account now, is it? Because if it is, I, I'm very upset. It's not just the old email account. I want it to be a vibrant email account that's got a surge of data plunging right. through it, you know? There's data coming in. There's questions coming in, all right? But I'm, I'm surveying the whole picture. I'm sifting through, and I'm not... It's not even crossing my mind where these questions come from. Oh, that's good to know. I'm that's just good. judging them purely based on their merit. And we would like to, ta- to thank today's sponsor, facebook.com <laughs> forward slash register accounts. <laughs> This question comes in from Dean Reed. Now, the, these next two questions from two different askers have a, sort of a theme here. So, hi, Kevin and Sam. Kevin is on the record as being a bit of a Marvel nut. And I feel Sam ain't so much. Sam, if you were into those films, where did they lose you? Oh. I would say I really enjoyed phase one of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You're a big fan of Marvel, right? You're, oh, I'm, you're I'm big a... Into them. I'm a Marvel freak, yeah? Right. I, I love me some Marvel. Yeah, yeah. And also... I love marbles mm-hmm. and marbled meat. I would always say is a good sign of quality. I marvel at that. Right. That's what I marvel at. Is there a marble <laughs> cinematic universe? There should be. And there should be a marbled beef cinematic universe as well, as far as I'm concerned. But yeah, I'm a marvel. But I wouldn't say that I'm like a kind of a blind, staunch defender of it all. I, I will. I have seen most of them in the cinema first right. go around. But I will say there's at least five stone cold stonkers like in there but there's at least five i just realized that people are thinking oh is that good or bad yeah I, I, even i was confused there, there's five really good ones i think and five like really bad ones right i would say five, stonkers, them- five plonkers yeah yeah <laughs> And our new quiz show, Stonk It or Plonk It, will be debuting on BBC Seven soon. Like. Have you seen all of them? You've seen all 48 or how many bloody <laughs> films there are? I've seen all 9,000, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, have, I have seen them all. It's yeah. 20 something, it's like 22, I think. It is, it's 22, I think that's the number. Yeah. 21 or 22. Right. I don't know, I've seen them all, but you know what? Like, I'd say all of them, even at their worst, are a solid day out in the cinema. Yeah. I watched Phase 1. I looked on the Wikipedia page. It's divided into phases. I was like, I've seen all of Phase 1 up to... So the, the pupil stage. The Avengers. The Avengers Assemble. Or the Chrysalis, as it would be if we're going on this, yeah, yeah. you know, insect route. Yeah. Avengers Chrysalis. <laughs> That's a fun word to say. And Avengers Metamorphosis? <laughs> After that, I started to kind of dip out. Because I think Phase 2 felt 
very big. Like, there was a there were lot some, of films. That's where most of the bad ones are, okay? Right, Which yeah. are, you know, Avengers 2, boring. Right. Thor The Dark World, also boring. Captain America Winter Soldier. I don't care about that. Right. I've not but I've not seen any of those. I just You're not just, you're not missing eh, eh, you know? Yeah. I I've heard very good things about Phase 3 and your Thor Ragnaroks and your Black oh, Panthers. Oh, it's that's right. That's the thing though, right? If you liked Phase 1, yeah. you'll love Phase 3. But I feel like I have to watch Phase 2 to get Phase 3. Absolutely you don't. Joe no. the intern has only watched Phase 3 and she's right. enjoyed all of them as a, and she thinks they're great. And I, I literally before we went to see Thor Ragnarok, which is the first one I think she saw in the cinema, I literally yeah. was like turned to her and was like, this is what happened. There's, you know who these characters are. The one or two things of note that happened. Go enjoy the movie and that's right. it. Like, you know, because that's, if you've watched all of them, mm. you will get extra out of them. If right. you've only watched one or two, as you have, you will enjoy them lots and lots. But there is an accumulative effect, yeah. which can be best explained by the fact that I found myself openly weeping twice in Avengers Endgame. Right. Proper big, wah, big L cries. Yeah, yeah. And I would, I've, I've welled up in a cinema very it's rarely. Just a movie, mate. I, <laughs> Sam, Mommy's up to the podcast, right? He said it was just a film. It's all about films. This podcast is. Yeah, I think the impression I got started to be like, well, I've not seen this one and this one. It's a bit. I now have to go back and see those and those before I want to go and see this. So I may as well just not see any of them. And I kind of just fell off the Marvel wagon. I didn't hate them. I, I got a bit of superhero fatigue, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Which I feel I- is natural in like the early 2010s early to mid 2010s i reckon you could get it down to a sleek seven to eight movie list of like you'll have a good time the rest eh you don't need to watch as much like there's ones which are good but are probably not necessary but like honestly i i totally get the idea though of if you've not seen any of them like the the current craze around the avengers and stuff must be so fucking overwhelming and just everywhere but i think a lot of people are like you who've like dipped their toe in and then have kind of oh i'll just be one second and you turn around and go oh no everyone's left me alone i'm i'm stranded i'm left behind and we're all talking about ant-man and the wasp it does so, you know <laughs> it does genuinely feel like everyone has seen all of these films that's the the feeling i get i'm like well i, I i'm fucked then like i haven't seen them i have dipped back into like guardians of the galaxy i saw that that kind of felt like a standalone one yeah i mean if you like guardians of the galaxy you'll like phase yeah. three that's very much the tone that they set of like you want some laughs and gaffes that's the what you're gonna Man one with Michael Keaton I liked. Oh, that's great. That it was is. a fun one. Although yeah. that did have quite a bit of like Avengers stuff going on. I was like, I don't really know about that. But, it, you know, it was, it was a bit of fun. So, yeah. Now, next question, right, leads in from that. Oh, follow through. Benjamin Patterson asks, with the whole world going crazy over Endgame, as discussed, what are your tactics for avoiding spoilers? Benjamin says, personally, I don't mind spoilers, as I usually wait for the DVD release to see a film when I'll have forgotten the spoilers and the hype will have died down. It's a good tactic to just, like, wait until you forget. Yeah. I mean, spoiler fever, or anti-spoiler fever, or spoiler mania, has kind of really hit its peak in the last week at time of record, because we had a big Game of Thrones, and we had an Avengers Endgame, and we had the Sonic trailer. (laughs) (laughs) Sam, sorry, sorry, Sam, I'm trying to go in blind on Sonic, don't say any more details. I don't know anything else about it, like, you know, Herculeo's involved in the soundtrack, I'm really excited, so don't... Spoil it. It's probably best to literally go in blind and just close your eyes. Exactly, yeah. It'll be fine, you know. 
It'll be okay. Yeah. D- do you find yourself having to dodge spoilers? I mean, the problem is that like most of my, like a lot of my day to day admin and whatnot involves mm. me having to be on social media yeah. all the time, which means it's pretty much like I know there's people who are like, oh, here's my my list of blocked terms, and they have yes. like you know Captain America, Thor, Thanos, every Avenger, every permutation and possible spelling mistake of the title, and it's like a bit of a faff though, isn't it? It is just a faff. Yeah. You have to get these anti hashtags that will like repel the information and uh, i don't i think that's too much you know what i try to avoid spoilers mm. to the extent that like i got the last season of mass chef professionals the, i fell behind <laughs> two weeks and the winner got spoiled and i was right proper fucking you know yeah, yeah. you know yeah I was livid, you know, the kettle was boiled. So since then, I've been very wary. But the only real impact it's had, I try to, like, watch stuff as soon as I can, if that makes sense. Like, so I find myself now, like, Game of Thrones, just as an example, it's a show that I probably fell out of love with three years ago, maybe. Mm. Like, I don't think it's been something that I necessarily love anymore. I'm watching it out of obligation, but I'm still into it. But the thing is, though, is that because I put so much time into it, if a bit did get spoiled for me now, I'd be like, you know, and I was going to watch it later in the week. I would be a bit miffed off thinking it's, yeah. the surprise is one of the few things that keeps me engaged. <laughs> so I now find myself watching Game of Thrones like pretty much as soon as it's out. Yeah. Solely to avoid spoilers for something that I don't even think I actually enjoy. And that feels like that's that's not ideal. No. Yeah, I don't really have a strategy. People are like, stay off social media. And I tried to. But I also thought, ah, it'll be fine. Everyone's going to be so sensitive to spoilers. No one on my timeline is going to post a big spoiler. And on the Monday morning of that Game of Thrones episode, I opened up Twitter and literally the first thing I saw was an animated gif of a pivotal moment. I was just, oh, fucking Jesus. (laughs) I was like, come on. So I think you just have to not interact with anyone or anything until you've seen it. I don't know. You know what the funny thing is? I I remember several times growing up, Mm. plot lines in shows geared towards children where it's like, dad's not seen the big match and he's got it taped. So no one tell him if if Everton overcame the scourge of Arsenal in the big soccer match. So no no one tell him. That was a big plot line, wasn't it? That like dad was hoping to get home and watch the game and not have it spoiled. Yeah, and dad's just about to sit down and sip his first sup of carling and oh did you see that ludicrous display last night no i did not see that ludicrous display last night hence why i've got my bev in my hand and i'm about to watch the big game just isolate yourself and don't speak to anyone that's the exciting world that we live in i think maybe things are still enjoyable if you know what happens yeah i i think that's it i think that honestly like it's so gossamer thin oftentimes people's Mm. enjoyment of something you know what's between you enjoying on screen and you just looking on your phone or dicking around doing something else and i think yeah that could have a big like impact on it if you think it's spoiled it's like well now i'm not gonna enjoy it and it's if you need an excuse to not enjoy something you know maybe the thing is like relax your attitude to spoilers and the idea that things can be spoiled yeah and i think and then you might have a better time i i do admit i must i must say i'm quite alarmed and a bit overwhelmed at the depth of the discourse about spoilers 
is mm. and it's taken on a meta thing where people seem to be having very long full-throated philosophical debates yeah. on social media platforms <laughs> about the very nature of spoiling things as a concept mm. and that feels like maybe just watch your fucking Game of Thrones whenever man I don't know <laughs> like you know whatever thank you for your questions this week on the unplugged edition of the mailbag if you've got any questions you can send them in over to cinemaswirl at gmail.com and Sam now that we're getting into the meat of the matter have a look over over my eye there what do you see what do you see that's cinemaswirl at gmail.com uh, that's the cinemaswirl whatever yeah whoa Whoa. That cinema swirl at Gmail. Sam, everyone knows you edited in separately anyway at this point. Like that's don't 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 you pretend like oh what is Santa doesn't come. Come on now. Let's just Alright. Alright. Look, look look over me eye my eyebrow there now. What do you see? If it's not important to you, then I guess it's not important to me I anymore. Said it. I well, literally you, you said it. You interrupted yourself while you were saying it, so that's cinemaswirl at gmail.com or facebook.com forward slash cinemaswirl, you know? Oh, which where will it come from next time? Uh, you've got a scar on your face. That's what you were showing me. I wasn't. I was going to say, this is a scar. Then I was going to step back and go, what do you see now? And this would be me face. And then you'd say, scar face. Face. <laughs> Or I also had a pack of playing cards and uh, my Christmas present over there, and it was going to be scarf and ace. And we that would have been good, yeah. That way, Sam. Yes. What do you know about this epic gangster movie? Got Al Pacino in it. Yeah. Cocaine. Yeah. Uh, that was that was a uh, a big part of it. There, you got cocaine. Cocaine is in it. Yeah. Cocaine, a drug that I thought was very movie star drug, and it, it turns out everyone's on cocaine. Every, everyone, Kevin. Everyone. <laughs> you like say I I do cocaine. Like that's not that's kid. not what I'm saying. Because everyone's I, I, on cocaine. I am objectively terrified of cocaine, like just as a concept, and its ubiquity does scare me. The fact well, that's the it's thing. Everywhere. I was like, people can't be having that. That's the scary drug from the movies. It's a bad drug. Oh, Scarface will, will, will make you kind of go, no, hang on a minute. Why is that so popular now? Maybe Scarface made this crossover into the mainstream as a, as a drug. Um, there's cocaine in it. Yeah. Scarface, I presume, is Al Pacino's character. Does he have a scarred face? Oh, I mean, Do you I, know, No spoilers. No spoilers. Does it have, like, an origin story, like the Joker? It's like... <laughs> Want to know how I got this scarred face? I mean, Al Pacino in the, this is a very iconic role for Al Pacino. Yeah. I would say more iconic even than Ooh. than him in the in the Godfather because I think the Godfather oh, I is the same as him in Jack and Jill. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be talking shit about my Dunkachino. So I think is this is almost a more iconic role just because so much of it is not just about the movie. Yeah. It's about him specifically in the okay. role. Do you know much about the role, about the, the character that he plays? His character's got a little friend who everyone must greet. There he is. Yeah. Uh, Hello, this, little friend. I assume this is not like Adrian in Rocky. Yeah. Um, just his little mate. Say Hello. I just, for the reason I'm holding him by the hand, I've got in my mind now, like, <laughs> go on, say hello. Say, say hello, hello to my little friend. There he is. Look at his nice shoes. <laughs> <laughs> the friend is a gun, by the way. I, I know that the friend is a big, big... Sorry, this bloody pillock's made to a gun. What a America. <laughs> a big Tommy gun, you say? Big Tommy gun. No, his, his mate's name is Tommy Gun. Okay, all right. Yeah. His little, little friend. I don't really know. I mean, maybe he's some sort of drug lord. Okay. And why are you uh, just putting... Because you know it's a bag I'm putting drugs. two and two together. Like, he's got yeah. a gun. There's some cocaine. He wears a suit. I think he wears a white suit. Yeah. Like, Paul 
the Cinnamon Sinner on the chase. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I mean, as regards to the probing of the character, how yeah. would the character... I mean, do you know what the character's name is? Scarface. Oh, you don't know his actual name? I don't know his actual name. That's okay. But say Miss, Mr. Face was on the chase. How, <laughs> how would you... <laughs> How would you yeah. envision that going down, like? As a contestant? As a contestant, yeah. Probably strong cash builder. <laughs> and then a very close actual chase on the board, probably down to a one-question shootout <laughs> before he gets through. You thought about this a lot! I don't think he'd win in the final chase. It would depend on his cohorts on the team. What I mean by that is like maybe, like, short-sighted pursuit of wealth. Ah, I see, Followed I see. by miscalculations and errors in the heat of the moment. Oh, I see. And it all so, comes uh, toppling uh, down uh, by the end. A hot head, you'd say, then? It, pr- yes, I would say so. I think Al Pacino shouts a lot in this. That's the impression I get. Because, I mean, would you say that you'd known Al Pacino as having a more... Because he's a bit sedacious, Michael, isn't he? In, in very Godfather. Yeah. And he's not really El Childe Al Pacino. That's not... He, he never said, you know, or, you know, mm. she never said. That's not something you hear people saying that they said. I mean, that performance in The Godfather was very subtle, meditated, calm. There you go. Yeah. Whereas a lot of the other Al Pacino, it's more of a... And I don't even have to make a noise. I could just be kind of going like... He's doing a face. For He's doing a face. Yeah. You know, they're moving around. The hands yeah. are grasping at something that's not quite there, and then you know very it's going to boom, explode. Like you yeah. know, loud, loud man. It's just that there's a very many similarities between Al Pacino and the Cookie Crisp Cookie. I think that aren't really picked up on by a lot of the criti- <laughs> critics. Like there's a madness loud. behind the eyes, and then like, oh, Al Cookie Crisp, motherfucker. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I guess that, I mean that's probably the the cocaine playing into it. I imagine that might amplify him. You think he's playing the cocaine game? I think he's probably playing a coked up character, and yeah. therefore the, the loudness on... and the over enthusiasm might be part of that. You think he's on that cocaine train? I think he's on board. I think he's yeah. His, he's at the very least guy's ticket. I th- I think so. He's getting that yeah. punch, you know. Hmm. Uh, gone gone for a hot date with cocaine Jane, if you know what I'm saying, <laughs> you know. So, do you know where it's set? Uh, no. So, his accent, uh, uh, that's what I was going to get at here, the accent, is that one which you're familiar with? But if you don't even know his name, I'm, I'm not... I thought it was just like Al Pacino. Okay, you think it's Is Al it Pacino? Italy? It's it not may- Italy, no. 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 Uh, no, I don't know. You're thinking of Scarface, which is... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a different movie to this one, so... Yeah. Sam... I'm not going to lie to you. I uh, have come into this movie with uh, a very strong, refined fanship, much okay. like The Godfather, because mm. a bit of a theme. We did mention The Godfather, of course. It been based on the great Godfather Black Hand Edition, and I'm proud ah. to say that Scarface yeah. for the Nintendo Wii, the enhanced port with motion controls, was very much my entryway into the world of Scarface. And I watched the movie a full year after after that we so. able to cut a line with the ri- the Wii remote oh like, yeah <laughs> I mean I think they would have wanted it to be exclusive it being the white console it's very much in line <laughs> like I think the the characters pick it up thinking like this is this is cocaine somehow Hold on, this is the one that Al Pacino did lend his likeness to isn't it he lent his likeness yeah and he was gonna do the voice but he couldn't do the voice anymore because the, the years of shouting yeah, yeah, yeah. oh I'm not knowing, but uh, yeah, it's kind of too a, knackered. Uh, the Don Cicino. Oh no! Yeah, yeah. 
I, I'm. Do you see me in Jack and Jill? And no, I didn't see in Jack and I did. I did see him in Jack yeah. and Jill. So, uh, so just the likeness, just the likeness. But yeah, but and I know this because it came. There was a an interview on a games channel where they interviewed yeah. the people, and they said that Al Pacino sat in with the guy who was doing the voice Fucking to hell. give him the once over kind of you know kick the tires check his teeth you know right make, you know give it a feel like make sure it was all, coaching you know. from al pacino and he was a great likeness for al pacino okay so he sound, it sounded like al pacino yeah it was a great likeness and i yeah. went in he checked them all out great likeness 15 hands high he was <laughs> but it's like the idea that al pacino's like this is the one yeah this this one right here <laughs> <laughs> of, of all the people to emulate me doing a role from 25 this years ago. This is your ago, guy. This is your guy right here. Right. You, ha- you have my blessing as well as my contractually obligated likeness. Yeah. Was it a good game? It was. It was. It was, yeah. again, another Grand Theft Auto knockoff. It was yeah. very similar to Black Hand Edition. Okay. Very, in, in that you were just building out this, this world and an empire and whatnot by doing lots of Grand Theft Auto light missions. Yeah. Although there was an insult meter and, Ooh. and a rage meter insult so meter yes yeah, so you could insult people and go you got no cojones and it right. would build it up and then you would get really angry and go oh oh <laughs> shit mom you don't touch my fucking telly and you get really angry right. and you go ah oh, and it would you go into like a special cocaine range mode oh which in retrospect is a little bit tasteless thinking about ah, that because yeah. C- the screen would go blood red when you <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so uh, <laughs> I'm not sure if you got a little nosebleed afterwards or anything. Ah, but he went okay. in on it. The gangster genre, I mean, you've enjoyed what we've seen so far, but obviously yeah. it's not Italiano gangsterinos. So, no. I mean, are you excited for this one? I think so, yeah. I know it's a long one as well. Oh, we're going to be a, uh, an overnight bag for this one, Sam. I know it feels like I've softened on those as of late, but... You know, still. I mean, you've softened on them because we now have a thing where you get to sleep, and then the next day, that's yeah. an overnight bang job. We've got, yeah, have yeah. you got your no, spare. But also, I, I liked The Godfather because of its length. That that's was a true. big factor. Okay, maybe this will be true of Scarface. Perhaps as well. Maybe not though. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna have to. I mean, just we got setting our, up the tension. Who we've knows? Got, we, we've got our overnight bag set, though. Yeah, you've, yeah. Got, you've got your toothbrush. Mm-hmm. What I've done is I've washed my pants in the sink and I've just laid them out in the radiator. I did them with some <laughs> hand soap, right? And I created a lather, and now yeah, they're yeah. just resting out now on the radiator. I, I didn't want them on the heated towel rack because I thought that would have given off an impression. Have you got one of those little tiny dinky travel toothpastes that they have? Yes, yes, and I've got one of those levered toothbrushes that unfolds (laughs) how do they fit it in there oh i feel like at one point either my mom or my dad or someone i've talked to has talked about like their mom and dad like trying to with an empty one of those mini toothpastes squeeze a proper toothpaste like put the the (laughs) tips together what to do a transfer yeah to like decant toothpaste from regular toothpaste tube into tiny toothpaste tube by just the pure force of 
putting the, the ends together and squeezing. I mean, the closest thing I can get to that was like when I didn't have a Firewire port for my iPod, <laughs> you know, and I, I and I struggled with that, like, you know, yeah. but that's only because I'm a cool tech boy from the year 2005. Uh, from the future, folks, that's true. But that toothpaste tip situation just sounds like it's going to be a nightmare. Unimaginable. Unimaginable. Yeah. Mess everywhere. White everywhere. And on that note, eh, let's go do a cinema swirl. Push it to the limits, da! Limit on the razor's edge. Watch the movie now. We're gonna talk about it. <laughs> Sam, initial gut reaction to the man with the face with a scar. I enjoyed Grand Theft Auto Vice City, the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that is something which is very, very apparent. You've obviously played the Grand Theft Auto <laughs> games I'm taking from it, and that maybe has impacted your enjoyment. Uh, it's impacted my uh, understanding of what Vice City was heavily based off of. Does it make you think less of Rockstar having seen this game? I don't, I don't hold them in the highest regard. I like them. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know. do, do you think they reckon that no one knew? They're like, there's this movie, right? <laughs> it's called Scarface. Shh. But I was like a Guys. child when I was illegally playing that game, so I didn't really know. Oh, well, you didn't know. You weren't to know, were yeah. you? I mean, no. although that being said, I'm not sure if it'd, it'd be worse for a child to watch Scarface or play Vice City. Because, hmm. like, there's there's no barrier to entry to Scarface. Like, you just have to sit there and watch it. You'll see all the violent shit. Like, yeah. Whereas, you know... <laughs> You've got to put a bit of effort in on... <laughs> yeah, if you're a really shit kid and it's like, oh, this game, what, what's the game? The game where I get run over and die all the time and get, quite frankly, aptly arrested by the police yeah, you know, so for, I guess, for doing like, stuff you, wrong. If you put the effort in, you are rewarded with violence. <laughs> you're rewarded with inappropriateness. Yes. Impropriety, is that what that means? Possibly. I don't know how long Rockstar have been running this this gambit for. Like, they come in going, hey, did you know, and no one knows this, but back a while back, like a while, a while back, no, not that far back, <laughs> not caveman, like, but there were lads on horses. I know, I'm thinking like, kind of like we go for this like horse boy. No, cowboy, but they didn't ride cows. But don't, don't worry, stay with me. I think the people will like this. And they've us hoodwinked now, Sam, with it. They do. They've us hoodwinked with it. They do. All these things I thought were original concepts may have been ripped off wholesale from other So, w- w- were you, you were, were you surprised by this? I mean, did, you said you enjoyed yourself. I, mean, I did, you yeah. enjoyed. Well, well, we'll get into the meat of the matter, right. I guess. This movie, Scarface, rated R for a really violent movie. <laughs> There's a lot of blood mm. and guts, gar, all that stuff. Was this released in the early 80s? 83? Yeah. I think. Which is weird, because it's like, it very much approaches itself, or the movie feels kind of like the Godfather in the sense of, hey, this stuff happened ages ago, and now we're going to look at it. But mm. it's like, this happened like, this was happening while yeah. the movie yeah. was being filmed, which is pretty impressive. Mm. Not to say the least that the movie had a lot of issues apparently being made as a result. Uh, mm. A lot of hostility in Miami to the making of this movie from the Cuban population. Yes, I imagine there might be some 
controversy surrounding this movie at time of release and perhaps since i love it i read up about it i was trying to find out like because i knew that like i knew that to shut down shooting it of, at one point but i right. didn't know the, the whys of it and it was to do with this this controversy that was with the mm. the general populace the cuban populace i should say and apparently they tried to make it up by saying that you could all have jobs all the cuban folks in miami can have jobs on this What's on that? this movie which uh. is like i think it's not it's besides the point like mm. <laughs> And apparently the reason they had to leave, they had to shoot some other bits in Los Angeles as opposed to Miami. Mm. And the final straw was like the city commissioner asked them, can you put in a plot twist where Scarface was sent over by Castro to undermine America? And that is <laughs> the real Scarface of the movie. Mm. So it didn't go, didn't go so hot, the, the making of this one. No. Uh, so yeah, rated R or mm. rated Scar, should I say. <laughs> Sam, what did you reckon to the soundtrack of this Ooh, bad boy? Giorgio Moroder. Here we go. Is that his name? Yeah. We're going to get some disco. We're going to get some synth. I'm fucking on board with this. I was delighted so, when I saw his name pop up. So wait, what? I, I, I'm a total philistine sure. as it relates to, to, I mean, Vangelis. Mm-hmm. At the time, Matt Berry pretended to be Vangelis on Shooting Stars is the extent of my knowledge of, sure. of musical composers. Like it was really bad. It's a guy I knew, and like his care was called John Williams. He's like, oh, John Williams. I was like, what? <laughs> and he was like, you're wearing a Star Wars T-shirt. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I'm like, I don't care about music, man. Giorgio is very well regarded in the disco and synth scenes. So your scenes are primarily. And he's a big the- deal in terms of those lovely. Lovely synthy disco beats. So, Sam, if we were to draw a Venn diagram and mm. disco is one of them and yep. scenes in general is the other one, are you telling me that's sliver in the middle? That Yeah. That'd be our, our man Giorgio would be in there he's, now, he's, would he? <laughs> he's, he's right in there, having a blast. <laughs> yeah, that, that name came out like a seal of quality for me. I was like, yeah, all right, I'm going to enjoy this soundtrack. And I did. Spoiler alert, oh, I did. so fucking... I was literally was thinking at the end of this movie. I've not watched this one a lot. I mean, I, I watched it afterwards to really make sense of Scarface The World Is Yours on the Nintendo Wii. Mm. But I, I'd only seen it maybe the once or twice. And this time, I much care more for the music now than I would have it as a man of my youthful 20s. Yeah. And I'm, I'm all over that soundtrack. I want to be getting that now. I want some ominous synth while I'm having my supper. Did you ever listen to that Daft Punk album, the most recent one, the Random Access Memories? Yes. And it sounds very expensive. <laughs> That's the kind of vibe I get from from this film. That like the music sounds like it co- like it sounds like Tony Montana could afford it. Is what I'm saying. Like it sounds yeah, I, pricey. I want this all on new synthesizers only. Yes. <laughs> fresh out, fresh out. These are all synthesizers. I don't want them. Pristine sound. I oh, love it. A, yeah. Pristine prestige quality. So we get a little bit of historical context. We got some scrolly text. We got some scrolly text. A long time ago, in an island far, far off the coast of America, mm. the Emperor Fidel Castro and the Rebel Alliance. I'm going to stop that now. I'm just going to get confused now. Oh, do you make him the Rebel Alliance or do you make him the, the Emperor Palpatine? I'll never say, like, I'm not, I'm not exposing my politics like that, yeah? Could be anyone. Could be C3PO. C for Castro. Think about that, huh? <laughs> Castro 3PO. Castro 3PO. He'd be yeah. great. 
fluent in over one million forms of communication. I'm not sure. I've not done my research. Mm. But Castro basically opened a harbour which was allowing anyone who was unhappy in Cuba to leave and to yeah. flee, essentially, as many had to do so illegally. And leaving Cuba was a very risky business. And those who'd come over in the 50s and 60s and whatnot had done so at great peril to their lives. The idea was that everyone could leave. If you don't like it... You know, if you don't like Cuba, you can learn to love it. Get out of Cuba. Uh, uh, but what he did was apparently he sent loads of criminal immigrants mm. or crimigrants, <laughs> as they're also known, which uh, obviously was an issue. They yeah. reckoned that there was like a couple of thousand wrongans in there. Was he deliberately lumping them in with the rest of them to cause a hullabaloo? They say it was the dregs of his jails. Wow. That's never a good vibe, is it? The dregs, dregs. of anything. Like, no, you know? especially not jails. I mean, if a collective group of people was introduced to you as the dregs, there's no follow-up on that. <laughs> you're already on the, the back dregs. Foot. Yeah, you're already... Well, hang on. I've got here the dregs <laughs> of the political establishment. No, no, no. no. I've, I've got the dregs of the landed gentry with me, and we're going to have a great night on the day. <laughs> We are set in the beautiful city of Miami. Mm. Have you uh, watched much media with Miami as a, a focal point? Not really. I, again, the Grand Theft Auto series is my kind of touch point for this, really. there was De- wo- Dexter. Did you watch Dexter? No, I didn't watch Dexter. Ah. didn't watch Miami Vice. Uh, <laughs> do you reckon that anyone on miami vice like their vice was just miami like i just love it the people the food the music you know i haven't seen it i think that's what it's about they just love can't get enough of miami i'll tell you what sam over here blackpool pleasure beach vice because that's my vice because <laughs> i went and had a rip roar in time last week and that is that I, I would happily be a narco in blackpool pleasure beach no, if, like, you, if you, know? you search blackpool pleasure beach vice you'll get some YouTube documentary about like fish and chips and some lad who went to all the different fish and chip shops on the pleasure beach for Vice magazine. <laughs> I always thought like how someone was like, you know, really rocking the heteronormative tropes of Blackpool Pleasure Beach by queering all the various rides on it, like, you know, <laughs> perhaps that was something that Vice could do as well. Yeah. You know, there's probably. a lot of scope there for it. It's a quality quality magazine. <laughs> so we meet Tony Montana. That's his name. Antonio Montana. Yeah. He's got a scar on his face. He does. He's got a... Where do you get that scar, huh? He doesn't... He never tells. Never tells. He so he says he got it as a kid, but, uh, you know. Oh. It seems like a real joker hit, isn't it? Like a real trickster. He's not going to tell you the origin of his scar story. I will tell you, Sam, mm. as someone who has had a scar on his face... Yeah. For, well, two scars on my... Visibly on my face mm-hmm. for 20... Eight years there, 29 years, I think. Sure. I rarely am asked. Rarely. That's something about polite society, I think, where people don't feel the need to ask. Kevin, I don't know if you will take this as an insult. I've never noticed your... Really? No. I've I've not noticed that you have a scar. This is bad now. I'm just, like, bringing attention to my one flaw and my otherwise perfect (laughs) face, like, you know. Uh, Never mind anything I was saying about that. (laughs) Totally normal. Totally fine. So, they're giving him the business here now, Antonio. Mm. So, they are. Are you a criminal? Are you gay? Do you dress like a woman? Do you do heroin? Do you do marijuana? Like, your questions are all over the place. Have you ever been in a mental institution? Oh, mate, that boat I was on, that was bloody mental. 
he does a little joke, doesn't he? If I was ever to be sent to a mental institution, the yeah. idea of it being floating at sea is kind of somewhat appealing, like, yeah? sense of adventure to the whole thing, <laughs> like, you know. It's uh, any, all right, any, any incarceration that could possibly have the phrase set course for blank, yeah. that. That's whimsy right there. It doesn't matter that you're in an institution, right? No, even if you're among the dregs and you're on something where you can set sail <laughs> or set course for somewhere, you're all right. I eat octopus three times a fucking day. I I got octopus coming out of my ass. <laughs> it, we, we straight away get the impression that Tony's a bit of a Jack the Lad, cocky yeah. fella, isn't he? You know, bit cocky, mm. hates octopus, has <laughs> eat, but has eaten loads of it. Like, yeah. you know, big deal. What's what's your problem? Like, you know? Tell you what he hasn't eaten, pussy, because that's not how he got that scar, even though he is asked if he got that scar eating pussy. Eating pussy while he was doing heroin and dressing like the a woman. woman. Yeah. And eating octopus three times a day. I think octopus is one of those things, though, that it's meant to make you, like, virile, like you gain the octopus's courage when you eat it. So maybe, yeah. like, that's a, a good thing to do, maybe, like, you know? Maybe. Worth a go. I mean, octopus. I, I remember like, having octopus as a kid and being really freaked out by it. Like, I know you're not a fan of, of seafood. I'm very much not. I love me a a bit of squid no. and a seared octopus leg. Oh, I'll tell you what. I absolutely love it. There was a but, music video for Sing by Travis where yeah. someone swung around a, an octopus at a posh Jesus! dinner and threw it. And it landed on a posh person, and it was the mo- like a, it was the most horrific thing I've ever seen. That's fucking horrible, it- poor octopus. No, it is dead. Oh my god, no dignity and give him a Christian burial. <laughs> He's not even cold in the ground. <laughs> I think that might have contributed to my hatred of seafood the idea of an octopus being thrown at me well i didn't th- i literally didn't think i could hate that song anymore <laughs> and you found a way and if you sing 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 that's it that's what i hate about the likes of travis they're fucking oh i'm a soft cuddly boy listen to my nice song all right lads when we're doing the video what if we proper munched a fucking octopus <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, when, like, nasty politicians get egged or milkshaked... Don't say throw octopuses. Do not! (laughs) No! (laughs) They can solve puzzles! They are my kin! (laughs) You monster! Throw a big octopus at him. Do it. I hope you get eaten by an octopus. There, now, I've said it. A really big one. (laughs) Although I will say, if you didn't see the latest season of MasterChef Professionals, someone was boiling an octopus, and when you do it, it grows quite big, uh, and, and then they dropped it out of the pot no. when they were trying to. Oh, it was so funny! It, it proper bent, but that was an accident, and that joke was at the expense. The octopus already knew he was going to be eaten, and he was, and it was all right. right. None of this like kind of. Oh, don't worry, farmed octopus, you'll go fucking to a good place. Travis's music video. <laughs> Ridiculous. Unbelievable. Tony Montana is sort of professing his innocence that he's just a regular normal dude, but he's got a naughty gang tattoo. Ooh. He's he's a bit of a, a baddie. He's done, he is, he's done he, some he, wrong things. He's done time in the Cuban jail. And mm. He was in the army, and they mentioned, like, they're kind of quite vague about it. They do uh, expand upon this in Scarface, The World is Yours on Nintendo. Wait, they, they? they did kind of. They did, because it, uh, it ends. The game ends where the movie starts. The game ends with, like, the movie ending differently. Like, you survive, you take over Tony in the, in the final scene, and then you live, and then you have flashbacks while you go ah. on and continue to, to live the world as it is yours. The, the world is yours. The world is yours. 
the world is yours. Mm. So Tony is sent to Freedom Town. Sounds which great. Is, it does, <laughs> does. I mean, a grand day out at Freedom Town. Uh, yes, please. <laughs> Oh, Dad, the tickets are too expensive for Blackpool Pleasure Beach. Well, never you mind, son. We're going to Freedom Town. Yay! <laughs> I just don't... Son, I'm taking you to a Cuban refugee camp, and don't, I don't think don't you're... Don't Google it. <laughs> it's, yeah, I don't think yeah. your reaction is, is adequate, son. You need mm. to really think about this. So, Freedom Town, this was filmed in Los Angeles with some clever pictures showing up in the background to make it look like Miami. Mm-hmm. But this was this was legitimate. This was this existed in in Miami. This was a, a slum, a kind of a refugee camp, the conditions mm. of which I can't imagine were particularly good. No. And because there was great commie fever at the time mm. there was i think a, a a worry that there were wrongins mixed in and you know what they say a rotten apple spoils the whole basket of eggs so i think that the conditions in these and the treatment was uh, was quite poor there was not much love for the cuban refugees no i agree with that but what i will say and this may seem slightly flippant was that there was a, a shot of manny i think walking through the the camp and it did have a kind of <laughs> Sort of fun vibe, a little bit. Like, you know... Like Sam, the- you went to Lincoln when Festival Gardens was the thing. Don't say this is quaint now. Come <laughs> no, on I'm now. not saying it's quaint. I'm saying there was a kind of spirit of people making the best of a poop situation. And still, there was a kind of good vibe. Sort yeah, of. So, so, so you're taking the vibe here that a lot of this what was happening, these were kind of like pop-up shops This was like a like kind of big society the- type thing going on, you know? <laughs> And that was really Jesus. encouraging to see. I wasn't encouraged, though, to hear that they were planning to kill someone straight away, like, you know. So this is where the, the dirt comes in. You know, his, he meets up with his buddy, and his buddy's like, you know, one of the people who's come over here, he used to work with Castro, he tortured people, mm-hmm. tortured them to death, and some big shot who lives in Miami now, his brother was one of those people. You gotta go kill Renega, because he reneged a on dealing with Castro, <laughs> so it's time to sort it out. I want the, the bit you have to do here, how do you have a murder, have a little bit of a riot, you know? Yeah. Uh, I was assuming now in that music video, I predict a riot, they're like fucking kicking a load of cuttlefish or something like that now, are they? <laughs> British music, way! <laughs> I invertebrates! This is to get their green cards. This is a, It has a very mission structure to it. You know, yeah. do this, and you get this, and then you unlock this location. Now, this guy, they kind of lead him into a, a room, and they all start chanting something. I don't know what they were chanting. Do you know what they were chanting? Liberta or something like that. I think it was the it was the Spanish for Abdurra, <laughs> or something like that. Like you know, and it's it's Scarface. It's Tony proper stabs him. Yes, yeah. Scarface does a big old dirty stabbing. I will say as well. Most shots in this, mm. in this riot, I've not watched. I've watched the movie say three times, so this wasn't me being eagle-eyed. But did you notice the extras in this scene? Yeah. Oh, like there, there was there one. Was a, yeah, <laughs> one lad who was just like had his big plan. And a piece of wood around. just walking around, and, and he like, didn't really know what to do with it. <laughs> no, it's literally as if my dad was woken up in the middle of the night, and they said. You have to pretend to riot now. Here's a large plank of wood. And you just walk Off around going, go. well, here I am now. And yep. I think it was one particular <laughs> bloke that we were both looking at. Just kind yeah, of going, I think that might be uh, it. He spoiled the good work of all those other supporting <laughs> artists. So you get stabbed. Mm-hmm. They get the green cards. They're free. But they're dishwashers. It's a dirty, uh. dirty business. Tony is really bad at, at, at this job, at, at fry cooking. And I thought it was good to point that out because... 
There's a number of ways in which the character of Tony Montana differs and, quite frankly, uh, diverges from SpongeBob SquarePants. And this is one of those uh, main reasons SpongeBob is a great fry cook. Yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready. What are you ready for? To be a fry cook. That's his driving guide in life. Tony Montana, not so much. No, No love for us at all, really. Straight away, like, this is not the life for me. You know. No, no, absolutely not. Like, so if if you thought that you were going to come into this movie and be like, "Who lives in a pineapple <laughs> under the sea?" Oh, it ain't Tony Montana, motherfucker! No way, oh no way! I live in a big ass. Oh. <laughs> if Tony Montana was SpongeBob, sure, though, yeah, Squidward would have his fucking work cut out for him. <laughs> What's what's going on next door? Oh, the Bolivian hit squad are shooting up. SpongeBob, <laughs> you know it'd be oh he'd hate it like. Yeah. But they don't have to stay in this dishwashing fry cooking land for long. I love when he's like, look at this onions, man. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> what's the deal with onions? This is worse than jail in Cuba. <laughs> he's ambitious. Let let him live his truth. The, one of the gangster men is offering them a job to go and sort out a coke deal. Oh, this is such a GTA mission. It's like you meet the guys in the car rolling up outside the joint, like, you know. And he looks like such a prick, this bloke. This Omar. Oh, he does. Omar and Waldo. More like fucking Wally and Wally, because there's a couple of (laughs) Wallys, mate, yeah? He's so weird and scary looking. He's all smiley, but kind of menacing. I don't like it. Do you you reckon over in America, where they call Where's Wally books, Where's Waldo... Do you think that they go, oh, look at this proper Waldo over here, like, you know? <laughs> but is that is that why we use that over here in the UK, the Wally? Is it's because he's like, oh, look at this Wally over here. Doesn't want to be found, huh? <laughs> I don't think it. I'm but not there, sure there's walking a link. Stick. It could be. I don't know. <laughs> Tony's mate Manny I'm a big fan of. He, he spends a lot of this film just going on about tits. Like, that's all he seems to be fussed about. All his dreams involve tits and combing his hair. <laughs> Very good looking lad though. Oh, fi- fine looking man. Mm, yeah. And I like as well that Tony is in it now. He upscales it, doesn't he? He's meant to have a little job and he upscales it to a big coke job. Well that's how Alan Sugar got his start, wasn't it? He do you know, he was never one to not negotiate and try and build himself up. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure didn't he sell cocaine out of his uh, <laughs> uh in, in, yeah, it was uncle's uh but no no, sorry, it was um that was wrong. No, disregard that. It was Ariel's it was. <laughs> Different business aerials. A pretty cutthroat, though, the aerial business. Never mind now, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Tony retires from the life of a fry cook. Yeah. I thought that could have been a good place to roll credits there if you went, you know. Oh, that well, that was the arc. That, like... Yeah, that was the arc. <laughs> that was the redemption arc. A dystopian tale of the American dream <laughs> gone awry. A man busts his balls. He comes over here to this country. Doesn't like his job. He just quits. Yeah. You know? eh. Tell you what. Great fashion throughout this one, Sam, huh? Oh, Miami Beach looks fantastic. Yeah. Everyone's yep. attractive. Everything's Absolutely. great. You know, you've got great bikinis, mm-hmm. great shirts. Yep. Everyone's rollerblading around the place, so it's very efficient. Mm. I, like, recognise it from a video game that I played 15 years ago or whatever it was. Maybe longer. Oh, man, oh, maybe. No. Or, or less long? I when don't did know. You, when, if I see it was, like, 2002 or three, I think. It was yeah. ages ago. Oh, Ooh. God. Why? You're upset that you're old. Time is passing. No. <laughs> I'm aging. They never <laughs> said this would happen. 
So they start the mission, mm-hmm. which involves them going to a house to yeah. check that the drugs are good from the Colombians. Yeah. And what they're going to do is exchange those drugs, brackets, goods, slash services, for money, money, slash legal tender. That's pretty, that's a neat situation they got there. Easy peasy. That seems like a mission that can't go wrong. Leave the two lads in the car and just say, if we're not out in 15 minutes... Something's up. If you're right, 15 minutes, give me one ring on my mobile, just so I know <laughs> that the drug deal's still going all right, you know? So it's... Pr- oh, this is a... It's 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 heavy stuff right here. And this uh, this apparently hap- did actually happen with, with the Colombian gangs and whatnot. It's gone awry. But it does seem almost cartoonish that Chainsaw comes in when this deal goes wrong. It's fucking grotesque. It's very intimidating. If if the idea is to scare the shit out of someone, that on any other human being other than Tony Montana, that would work a fucking treat. And he's he's obviously a bit horrified, but he's you know balls of steel on this lad Tony because he doesn't really flinch too much at the sight of his friend getting chopped to bits with a bloody chainsaw. Yeah, and in fairness, if you are chained up right there next to your buddy, who's gonna be? I mean, it's Tony. If you just close your eyes, way away, way away. You know, it, it would have been a perfect moment for him to do it there. But don't worry, his friends busted, and we get to see a man with a chainsaw run away. I just want to mention one of my favourite shots is that, like, as the chainsaw is being revved up, we pan out the window over to the car, and Manny and the other lad are just, like, flirting with ladies. He's trying to do a kiss. And then we just pan back to the carnage on the inside. But eventually they do realise they do bust in. Bullets and chainsaws everywhere. I mean, the guys there with his gun, you know, they got the guns, and the guy's like, I got a chainsaw, I'll skin your ass raw, <laughs> you know, he's proper, he's gonna go chocolate starfish on this guy, you know? <laughs> Watch out, he's crazy, he did it all for the nookie, you don't know what he's gonna do. Yeah, I, I'm impressed by Tony here, because he was fully prepared to, go, to die to go out with a fuck you and a spit in the face, like, he wasn't gonna try and talk his way out of that one. No, there was no negotiating there as far as he was concerned. Prepared for death if his mates hadn't busted in and sorted everything out. And, you know, he's pretty much three-star wanted rating straight away. You know, he kills your man <laughs> in broad daylight in front of a big load of people. And, Ooh. true to form in Grand Theft Auto fashion, finds it difficult to negotiate his large car on the narrow path. Yes. My theory when I first play i played the original grand theft auto when it very very Mm -hmm. very very first came out and i remember getting it and playing it and thinking it wasn't that violent i didn't see what the big deal was and my theory was was that the reason it was rated 18s was because you needed to know the rules of the road because i (laughs) i struggled so much to like i was like didn't mind the shooting oh what big blue bullets so what the fuck like you know actually drive around but driving around that's grown up i was like i am not mature enough for this like i can't deal with this I can't three-point turn in a top-down perspective. I'm fucking nine, like. Not for me, man. So, he's got the money. Mm-hmm. He's got the yayo. What's the yayo? The yayo is what he calls cocaine. Ah, yayo. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what people in Lincolnshire used to say, hello, yayo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's meant to be yeah, but it kind of changes, yeah, yeah. doesn't it? Yayo. Shit, maybe everyone in Lincoln was just on coke the whole time and I didn't know it. I mean, maybe. You know? I mean, everyone's on it, Kevin. Everyone. Yellow bellies, more like white noses, am I right? (laughs) (laughs) They deliver the drugs to Frank, the main main drug man. Yeah, Frank's the man at the plan. He's the man in charge. I got so much fucking money, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. uh, Robert... 
Logia? Logia. Grab a fucking Logia. Logia, I can, hey. I can play any type of drug dealer. I can play all the gangsters. Legitimate Cuban. <laughs> Owner of a toy shop. <laughs> Owner of a toy store. <laughs> and yo, Tony wants to put on a good show here. That's why mm. he's got the biggest lapels in the universe. Huge. Gotta have someone's eyes out with those, Sam. At one point, Tony was like, which do I prefer? Cocaine or money? There's only one way to find out. Fight! Because he's like, he's like Harry Hill. <laughs> <laughs> with, his, with his big lapels. I mean, he's got to like, you know, snort the money to really see if it did for him. And I don't think he enjoyed it as much. Like, they meet and casually discuss the rape of Elvira, his lady lover. Mm-hmm. Oh, these are some, uh, some rough customers, to put it lightly. Uh, but as soon as Tony sees her... I think it's after casually discussing raping her, seeing her come down the elevator. Then he's like, oh, I'm in love now. We get some nice synth music to be like, she's very pretty, Anna. Really like her. And, you know, he watches her come down the thing. It's a bit like... um, (laughs) You imagine that Al Pacino's in there with Giorgio going, you know, she's going to come down. She's going to be sexy. You know, she's really pretty. It's got to be like it. Come on, you got to do it like that, man. (laughs) It's a bit like Take Me Out, you know. Frank's like Paddy McGuinness in this situation. Like, she comes down in a lift and... And then he turns around and he's like, Pizza Hut is a great place to have your Christmas do. Why not do that? Like, I've sold more pictures of my wife to the Daily Mail. Have a look. Um, Everyone likes Tony straight away. He's charming and he's kind of funny guy, balls of steel, speaks the truth in a way. Yeah, he speaks truth to power, Tony. And Mm -hmm. uh, that in itself is a very powerful thing. And and, and Tony is, is, he's treated kind of like a little bit like a scrappy dude. Like kind of, oh, you look at you with your bringing me the yayo and the the money like a good dog. Like, you know, he is kind of, I think he likes that he's fresh off the boat, so to speak. he, he, he He thinks that he's like, I don't know. Part of me thinks that Frank wants to do a little like a pretty woman type situation with him. He's like, oh, this guy, he's a bit rough around the edges. His lapels are a little bit too big. I'm going to reel him in the attitude, the lapels to an appropriate level. I might have a good number two here for the old Coke business. You know how I describe him? A real self starter. <laughs> you know? And that's you what know, you need. I'm a lot like you, Lord Sugar. I am a, <laughs> I'm a self starter, you know? <laughs> I stop. Those aerials did not shift themselves, Lord Sugar. I need to be in this process, man. I deserve to be. Frank, man, how many times have you been project team leader, huh? Why don't you make me team leader? Team leader about one thing, man. It's about balls. You ain't got them. Get out of here. You're fired, Lord Sugar. You're fired. <laughs> and Claude would have to reel him in now, wouldn't he? Mm. <laughs> He'd really have to reel him in. He would. So the gang all go out for dinner. They go to the the club. The what's it called? Hey, the Babylon Club. The Babylon mate. Club. Music and dancing were always in fashion at the Babylon Club. Yes. I should point out as well. Michelle Pfeiffer playing the lovely Elvira here. Mm-hmm. Kind of a, has the guise of a wispy cocaine ghost. Yeah. It's, a, I think, one of the first roles for Michelle Pfeiffer. I think uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Who, if you've... Actually, I will tell you something, Sam. Go mm. see Ant-Man and the Wasp. We were talking earlier about Marvel movies. Uh-huh. Go see Ant-Man and the Wasp solely so you can see that Michelle Pfeiffer has not aged at all Ooh. in the last 40 or so years. Okay. Timeless. She's ah. got that serum that Samuel Jackson got to become young yeah. as well. 
Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. yeah. But uh, apparently, a lot of people in the movie were opposed to oh, Michelle E. Fife getting the, the look in here. Al Pacino didn't want her in the role. Neither did the uh, director as well. Apparently, that's a, to be a big push yeah. to get her in the movie. I think she's great in it. Was it because she was just like a fresh face? She's. I think so, yeah. Not, she was uh, well unknown. Known. I think they, they they wanted to have like a leading lady because they had mm. an obvious leading man with Al Pacino. But I think she does fucking awesome in this. Great job. You know what? Michelle Pfeiffer, five times better than the average leading lady as far as I'm concerned. Five, five yes, you got it! Yeah. Yay! I was really worried. I, Sam, I'm not gonna lie. Sometimes I road test the jokes, and I road tested <laughs> that, and no one, no one in my circle <laughs> knew what I was on about. I was like, "Did you not eat banana? I mean, I know it was in Ireland. I saw. Did you not have bananas over here? Is this the tequila banana situation here, where it's only Wait, one no, brand?" Hold on, I don't get it. Wait, whoa, whoa, what? Whoa. Bananas. Oh wait! Oh, you just thought because it was Fife. Ah, Michelle now what's Pfeiffer. what happened there Fife now, time, Sam? Fife times better. Yeah. yeah. Now what's happened there now, Sam? Is you've mistook my joke, which was a nod to Fife's bananas, using right. the phrase five times better than the average banana." I don't know that phrase. You see. Ah, you see. Now we've skipped ahead there. Now that's the problem. Right. I'm going. I'm going bananas over here, trying to understand what's going on. Ah. <laughs> I don't want you to think now that I was the first person to notice that Fife and Five were similar. That's on Fife's bananas. That's right. them. And yeah. I want to credit them, so that's known. Okay. I, I just noticed that Michelle Pfeiffer had a surname similar to a popular brand of banana in Ireland during the 1990s. Do you think if she kind of sold her acting services online <laughs> in a kind of... In small ways, like a kind of gig economy type shit yeah, thing. She'd yeah, yeah, Pfeiffer, yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> I don't know what's up. I'm going to say no to that because I don't want to see <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer get brought into YouTubers ab- abusing that service because no, people have no. done that, haven't they? And she's above that. Like, she's above that, you know? She's five times better than that. <laughs> So we're in the Babylon Cub, and we're getting the rules here now, okay? First rule, don't underestimate the other guy's greed. Second rule, don't get high off your old supply. Third rule, eyes on Leo all the time. Don't take him off, not even for a second. Fourth rule, don't talk about Fight Club. <laughs> There's a song playing in the background that I recognise from GTA. Uh, oh, yeah. One. There's a couple of the pop songs in this, I'm like... Yeah, a lot a lot of the, uh, the synthy bangers She's of the time. Fire. And stop singing about it. We should do something, huh? <laughs> and there's another one. Push it to the hot limit tonight or something. Oh, no, that's not it. Yeah, push it to the limit. Yeah, loads. They're thumpers. They just took they took the soundtrack and put it in their game. It is, and they they took the character, but a much easier accent. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they they lowered the bar for entry for the voiceover, and there we go. Elvira is proper bored with these jerks already. They're all yeah. kind of having a lad chance. She she seems very done with their bullshit through body language alone, but also actual language. She has taken the status of aloof to a whole new plane of existence. Mm. I didn't think you could be aggressively aloof, but and she yet she pulls off. She is the way she fucking does coke and pours drinks with such <laughs> fucking aloofness. Like whoa, it's like every bad mannered cat ever rolled into one, which is obviously how she got the role of Catwoman then in Batman Returns. Mm. Ah, it was that aloofness young Timmy B was having a look over there and keep your eyes on Beetlejuice never mind about that for now (laughs) but she does have a dance with Tony I mean what could possibly go wrong there 
What? <laughs> he's dancing around. Saying, he's like Wario. They're like, uh, he's like, where are you from? I'm from Baltimore. <laughs> how, 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 what's your full name? It's, it's, it's Alvara. <laughs> Say what? Come on now. Be polite. She says something about like him being uh, off a banana boat or something. Yeah. She, she casts some aspersions and he is very defensive about that. He's a political refugee, he insists. And he's like, look, I just because you got that banana money coming in from Fife, don't think you gotta <laughs> shoehorn it in into every little fucking insult, you know? Yeah, he, he does try to have a bit of a flirty flirt and it, it doesn't work, does it? It's aggressively shit flirting. Yeah, very bad. Again, quite like Take Me Out. <laughs> and then she says if I was stranded on a desert island <clears throat> you would be the la- starving and begging for it you would be the last thing I'd ever fuck so there's a list of objects up there beforehand you know now he is pretty adamant mm. pretty clued up he reckons so he's chatting to Manny that he and her they're gonna make it together and the reason the eyes Chico they never lie I mean all, all about the eyes he is ultimately right but <laughs> like i don't know uh, really well, the well, eyes no well no no not about the eyes but like she likes me it's all gonna work out eventually is right i don't well even then <laughs> they do end up together in terms of the plot of the movie but you know but t- t- Tony does this big thing about wanting the world. He does, and that, that's the real eyes, the uh, the big eyes that Tony has for the boss's lot in life. He wants it all, baby. He wants the world and everything in it. There's loads of great fucking quotes in this. Mm. Like This movie provided the basis for a very brilliant character in, in wrestling called Razor Ramon, who right. literally saw this movie and it was like, Oh, I will do do that. that. I'll do that then. And like lots of stuff like the eyes don't lie, the world and everything in it, say goodbye to the bad guy, all that stuff kind of informed it. And it's like, yeah, this movie is through quotes like that, I think Mm -hmm. is really penetrated into its cult mark. Because you know, this like pretty much flopped when it came out. Did it? Yeah, it it didn't make much money at all. I remember like reading that and being very shocked because I was always assumed that this was like a modern crime masterpiece, but people thought it was way too much, too excessive, poor taste, the fact that it was, I think, going on around people so actively probably mm. didn't help matters a lot in that in that sense. But yeah, it was only through the 90s and whatnot that it then became kind of a, a big cult classic. And I was wondering if you, like me, had exposure to this movie, like, in the early 2000s. Do you ever watch Cribs on MTV? Yes. I remember Tony Hawk's house. <laughs> was it made out of skateboards? It, yeah, it was a big skateboard, mate. Massive, uh, yeah. He built it out of all the leftover Tony Hawk's air ride fucking peripherals <laughs> that no one ever bought, like, you know. They're good as a building material and literally nothing else. But I don't know about you, but it seemed that every other fucking person, every other person on Cribs mm. had, like, here's my fucking Scarface room. Or, like, yeah. Yeah, I remember, like, Puff Daddy was on it, and he's like, I've watched Scarface 86 times, so I have. Mm. I mean, this film has apparently had a big impact on the hip-hop community. Yeah, absolutely. From what I've heard. 
Um, <laughs> the community as a whole seems to have maybe misinterpreted the uh, overall arching, like, I want the world, I want it all, I want to live in a big house and do loads of dr- it, I'm not sure, what's the end of the movie? Now, I think what's happened, Sam, is yeah. a lot of these folks who are really, like, grotesquely inspired by Tony Montana, the, mm. you know, wanting the house just like it, wanting the weddings just like Tony Montana's. Like, he's very much meant to be the, he's not a good guy at all. He's, no. he's meant to be the villain of the piece. And I think what's happened, Sam, is they've all played Scarface, The World Is Yours on Nintendo Wii, and they think he doesn't die at the end, and he goes on and just builds a bigger empire. They don't get the comeuppance. Yeah. They've played the DLC missions, they've went to Cuba, and they've established a secondary base there. They think, well, it's fine, <laughs> right? They up and up and up. The story of Scarface, how excess... He, he literally got the world. It was, it was great. 100% and just completion. Kept, <laughs> kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger, you know? Nothing ever stopped him. And, like, in the movie, as Tony is always talking about, like, wanting the world and all that, Hmm. you do get little bits from people like Frank and whatnot saying, you know, these people, they want it all they burn out fast yeah. you can't go this big this quick so there's lots of allusions to the American dream and like yeah. don't drink too much of your fill because you'll explode well Frank was saying a thing about like the problem won't be the drugs it'll be what to do with all the money and we do have a bit of that later on you know what they say Sam Mo money a large number of diverse issues that arise from that which then need to have actions taken to solve them but in the meantime Tony and Manny on a beach trying to pick up the ladies. Hey! Because hey. Miami is, and I quote, a big pussy waiting to be fucked. Yeah. Ice cream, grease ball, seeing you looking good the other evening. Oh, yeah. Having a great time. If Miami is a big pussy waiting to be fucked, mm-hmm. what is Nottingham? <laughs> That's just like a, like a big toe that some people might have an interest in but is largely ignored. Oh, I see. So a lot of people, you know, yeah. quite passionate. I'm passionate about Nottingham. I love Nottingham. Mm-hmm. It's great, great, great town. I'm not a foot fetishist. Don't take Sam's analogy and apply it to me. <laughs> All right? So I think that's a good one. It is because yeah. a lot of people who are very, very interested in toes, not me, but people not are very you. interested in Nottingham, like yeah. me. Not yeah. the first one, though. Yeah? Uh, okay. Someone's protesting a bit too much. No, I'm You're just being pervert. Yeah, I'm just making it clear. I was going to say yeah. that Salford was a nice face saying, how's it going? Because <laughs> oh. <laughs> I think we could do with a good Brandon and a positive spin on it all. Because it's a nice, nice. Yeah, nice, nice yeah. place in Salford. Oh. No, not the lads club. Other places. Yeah. Fucking, there's a Nando's here. <laughs> <laughs> it's like two quality saves. Big Iceland. Loads of stuff. Four Asdas, I think. Whoa. You know? Costa have aggressively colonised Salford. So a smiling face. Ready to do business with Costa Coffee. (laughs) Salford. Open for business. I'm trying to get a grant, Sam. You know? Okay. (laughs) Brings us to our sponsor for this episode. The city of Salford. (laughs) The city of Salford, which tagline is, yeah, it's a city shop. It is. But it's also a big face. It's a big, lovely, smiley face. It is. It is. Not a toe. That's not a toe. Okay? Not a toe. Yeah. So, Manny's got the modern flirting down to a T, which is, you go up to a lady, you flail your tongue around, and mm. then call her a bitch for not getting your cool new move. Yeah, and then Tony's like, hey kids, look at this fucking idiot over here. He likes kids, I I think. Like, not in a, you know, weird way, but like, he's just, you know, 
he can relate to small children a bit. Because, yeah, kids are like, you know, kids are like Tony Montana. They're like, they see the jam tart and they're like, I want a fucking all, man. I want every jam tart in this fucking kitchen. They don't understand why there should be limits and why you don't, you know, have everything that you want all the I time. I mean, yeah, give a child cocaine, Sam, and he won't know when to stop. Like. <laughs> no, he wouldn't. Non's shoveling it in. I mean, I appreciate Manny's tenure because they're, they're talking about the act of cunnilingus and saying that, you know, mm. they ex- they, it's expected in America or like their homeland, they're saying. And mm. they're saying that, you know, if you, if you do this, you know, and let people know that you're good at it, you know, they, they'll go cuckoo bananas for that. Now, you're not going to let that be known just going up and flailing your tongue around like an idiot. No. Come on now, be smart. Roll your sleeves up, have a nice book, dress smart. That's <laughs> all you need to do. <laughs> fucking wear and wear clothes that fit for fuck's sake have a wash as well Jesus Christ yeah. the two lads roll up to pick up Elvira in, and brush uh, your fucking teeth <laughs> they they roll up in a Cadillac that looks kind of like a one of those lemon slice cakes <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd have three of those at an afternoon tea and be a ho 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 with like leopard print interiors or something and she's just like this is really tacky and shit. It looks terrible. And it t- is the Mr. Kipling boohoo crossover <laughs> we're all been looking for, Sam. <laughs> but Tony doesn't. He doesn't even get. He doesn't realise that it's excessive. Or how could it be like garish? The, the concept of excess is completely. Like, I think the idea is that they're trying to say if you have nothing or you've grown up with nothing, the mm. concept of too much is is alien to you right. and that's one of the ways in which tony montana is like the little boy from Goodnight, mr tom because when he comes in and he's only ever had egg and chips and then mr tom gives him sausage egg and chips and then he gets sick everywhere he doesn't understand that there could be too much mm. you know there could be too much <laughs> i like that she calls this car a nightmare or sorry someone's nightmare like not mine <laughs> i wouldn't even have a bad dream about this is how much I don't want to think about it. I like that we subtly figure out at this point that Tony likes tigers. Yeah. When when do we find out that? Does he just go on about tigers? He goes on about tigers quite a bit when they're when he's getting his new car and he's yeah. like, I have a tiger in the front seat, man. I have a I fucking tiger like on each arm. You know, you just want to cuddle a tiger. The tiger who came to tea, man. <laughs> he won't fucking leave. <laughs> so he has her in the car. They've mm-hmm. had a little bit, a little. A, to say they've had banter, they've had non-aloof aggression for once. Yeah, and then he's straight in there for the kiss, like very aggressive and clumsy at the same time. You know, the surprise kiss, Sam. I'm not gonna lie, not not had a successful track record with a surprise kiss. Extremely high risk. <laughs> it, is, <laughs> it is extremely <laughs> high risk. <laughs> Where, whereas the asking for a kiss, mm. which has the much lower risk of they might find it sweet, and yeah. that's that's a risk I'm willing to take. Exactly. But she says she shouldn't fuck with the help, which I mean that's oof, oof. And then he puts on the hat. And he's like, "You want to fuck me with a hat? Come on, <laughs> I'm wearing. I, I do. I wear the fucking hat, man. You Come can't on. say he's not resourceful and trying to find a positive spin on everything. He has that rapscallion bit about him. Like you want to ruffle his hair. But- he is, you know, he is charming and very confident. You can't say that. You know, that is true. And that's why he is quite like SpongeBob. But otherwise, he's charming, confident, self-assured. Yeah, he's little ready. shorts. Yeah, little. Sh- he looks great in a pair of pants. The sweetest scene in the movie as Tony visits his sister 
mm-hmm. and his mama for the first time since coming back to Mama Miami. Yeah. Mamiya. There's nice music. He's giving out presents and money out of the wazoo. Even the nice I'm back with my family music, though, is still out. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's still an existential dread-filling <laughs> dread bass. Tony's sister, very happy to see him. Delighted. Tony's the- mum... Oh, a mother always knows. A mother always knows. Where'd you get this money, Antonio? Who did you kill? What's your fucking problem, mate? Yeah, come on, mum. Putting food on the table, cocaine on the table. You know, <laughs> I've been slaving over a hot cartel for fucking days <laughs> to bring this money. But I think because Gina only ever knew him when, like, it's implied that she was very, very young when she last saw him. Mm. So I think she only has this very pure. You know, all I know is that he was my brother and he went away after being in the army and getting in trouble. And now he's brought me a present. Yeah. Well, the, he's been away for like five years, I think. His mom's yeah. like, he's been gone for five years. And then she says it in, and then says five years in Spanish as well to like double up the point, you know. Yeah, he's been gone for a while. We, we never see him. Mama wants none of it. She's wise to the act. And the act, her son's a bum, so he is. So <laughs> nothing to do with him. Clear off and take your dirty money with you. <laughs> We head over to Bolivia to meet Sosa, who's got a tour of the Coke factory, which mm. sounds like a great day out until you realise <laughs> it's the other type of Coke. Like, you know. It's like going to the Cabri world, you know? Bourneville and all that. Oh, what? what sorry, is Bourneville actually a place? Yeah. Fuck off, really? Yes! Oh! Kevin, they built like a whole little city thing for the people who worked at the Cadbury factory back in the old days. Sam, can you fill your boots when you go there? Because that's what I'd want to do. Yeah, you go at the end of the conveyor belt, hold out a little bag, and just chocolate just goes in. I just... Really? No. <laughs> don't lie to me! <laughs> fucking Scrooge over here, I'm about to go on my fucking Willy Wonka factory tour, and you're like, oh no, it's the one with Johnny Depp. Yeah, like, what the fuck? Like, they, do, they do tours and stuff, and you get to see how the chocolate's made, and yeah. you know, you can get some uh, misshapes and odds and ends and bits and bobs. Yes, but do we get to see how the chocolate gets made into poo, i.e. do I get free chocolada? <laughs> So I'm, I'm planning a midweek break here. I'm, I'm okay. half planning in the back of my head, and I need confirmation here, because otherwise it's going at the wazoo, you know? I would say consult the website first. Okay, I will consult the website yeah. first. I will consult with Bourneville Town Council on their all-you-can-eat chocolate policy. Thank you. So I was wondering, though, if, like the actual Coke factory tour, mm. this cocaine factory tour, if you got questions right, you got a free can of Coke. Maybe, yeah. A, a can of cocaine. <laughs> yeah, a can of cocaine, like. <laughs> to take it home with you. Tony's already negotiating with this kingpin, isn't he? He's already trying to up the deal. Yeah, and Omar's not having any of it. Because mm-hmm. he's like, you know, come on. I'm a... Uh... I'm, uh, I'm, I'm the negotiator here. You're the hired help. And Tony, he's, he's, he's got ideas above his station. He's not bringing it through his line manager, really, you know? Not on that. Now, did you notice the Breaking Bad alum in the scene? Hector Salamanca is in it. Yeah! yeah. Ding, ding, or should ding. I say ding, ding, ding? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like the bell. Yeah. Sosa has to take a, a phone call from... I'm going to keep calling him Hector. And they kind of stare out the window at Omar and Tony and look very suspicious. And it all seems a bit tense all of a sudden. Oh, what's going on there? Sam, he's a chivato is the problem. 
Yeah? What's that? And there's one thing I can't be having, it's Chivatos. Sounds delicious. I know, I literally just got hungry. And was like, oh, <laughs> fucking hell. Nice yeah. little... No I went bowl to Oaxaca. <laughs> oh, I thought you get like three small ones, like three little nice morsels. You go to Oaxaca and get some Chivatos, like, you know, <laughs> with a nice dip on the sides. Does that uh, mean police informant? Yes, it means that he is a he's a pig who doesn't fly right. He right. is hung out of a helicopter. Oh, he does fly right up in that helicopter and then gets chucked out of the side on a bloody rope, mate. A man has died, Sam. My God. It was a very impactful death. It was a death in line with the tone of the movie. It sent a message for sure, is what I would say. Yeah. I mean, this is what, before we had Snapchat and WhatsApp and all that. We had helicopters. We had helicopters, (laughs) and that was the only way you could send messages. Big, important, encrypted messages like that. You had to hang a man out of a helicopter. To hang a man out of a helicopter. Get bay to wake up. Thank God for big data. Come to save the day, you know? Tony says that all he has in this world is his balls and his words. Mm-hmm. So those two are not mutually exclusive. No willy. So no, just ba- <laughs> just kind of balls. That kind of balls to the word. Unless the word is willy, <laughs> uh, or Mickey, whichever way yeah. you, you pronounce it. <laughs> all I have in this life is my balls and my Mickey. I will put that on my sign if I was, you know, hit on hard times. Perhaps, like you know, I'm gonna give it to you straight. All I have in this world. And my balls and... I don't know why. I, as soon as I started saying that, it came out in Michael Caine's voice. All I have in this world <laughs> is my balls and my and Mickey. My Mickey. <laughs> and my Mickey. All right. The Lamborghini done much more so. Master <laughs> Wayne. Meanwhile, mm. back in Mamio, Frank is upset at all the dealing because he's basically... He, he wanted he wanted a small deal that he could, could go in there. With, you know, he knows the books. Tony's got him out there. He's not got enough money to cover this. It's, it's a big, big, big commitment he's in for now. Mm. Tony's incredibly cocky here. Like, I know he was before, but he's really stepping up his fucking chatting back to authority here. It's Frank's his boss. Yeah, but I think because he is straight away, like he's like he's he senses weakness so quickly. It's almost mm. like subconsciously he reacts. You know, the fact that your man is like has been out as being a rat or whatever. Straight away he realizes, boom, I have an opportunity. That means I'm higher up the ranks now. He's right, dealing yeah, with yeah. me. He's responded. He's higher up the food chain. He's responded to me. And also, as Salso says to him, it's like if one of your guys is a rat, that means that you're not a very good boss. So I think straight away Tony mm. realizes I pretty much I want what he has. I want his lady and I want his business so he doesn't yeah. really respect him anymore and you know that's uh, he's lost control of the class now has Frank and there's not really much he can do about that but we do get the first instance of cockroaches cockroaches baby yeah. lo- oh man cockroaches bury those cockroaches bury them uh, are you afeard of cockroaches uh, I don't like the idea of them but not terrified. All right, because I'll tell. I always say this to people when cockroaches bring up. But I have dissected many cockroaches in my time, sure, uh, including the mouth parts, taking them apart piece by piece. Mm-hmm. It always makes people go, "No, nah, it's all right." It, it made now, me less afraid of cockroaches to do it. If you're talking about spiddly diddlies, then spiddly diddlies, spiddly diddlies, which I have to call spiddly diddlies so I don't get scared of calling them by their real name. Then I'd be a bit, you know, quivering in my boots. Now, does that extend to stuff that sounds quite like? the word you'd use instead of spiddly diddlies. Like, if I said, Sam, there's a nice pie there for you, would you be like, oh, no, even if there was a lovely pie I'd made. (laughs) Over there. Over there? I mean, come on now. There's a pie there. No, not for me. So, 
Tony says he's going to make up the difference in the shortfall of cash. A million mm. here, a million there, which sounds like a business plan from the end of The Apprentice. <laughs> also, he wants to kill all of his rivals for yes. him. Frank is like, you can't come at it now. You're burning the candle at both ends and you mm. slow down. You move too fast. Tony's not having any of it as he's still going to... Back to making moves with Elvira. Mm. And possibly the creepiest way to seduce a woman, which is, you like kids? I like kids. You want to have some kids? I don't know. I'll make, I'll make them, you know. Again, brazen, the man. It's, oh, I don't know. I feel that's like such like a manipulative thing to say to someone. It's like when they have no interest in you and you find that one thing that you know they do have interest in and that interest supersedes any affection or love they may have for you or interest in you. And you, I just think that's how Ooh. many unhappy marriages start where Probably. they find someone, you just, eh, I don't know. It's just, oh, it's creepy. You find someone, you say their husband's not going to last and, you know, you wiggle your way in. Promise them some children, which you know you're never going to actually follow through through on and mm. also yeah marry me because i like tigers at this point i write this lad is just taking everything that he wants i wonder if he's going to get his comeuppance i think i knew the answer to that question while writing it down but this is definitely a movie though like people just take it the wrong way where they're like yeah he takes what he wants he gets what he wants i want to be like tony montana do you watch the movie <laughs> have you seen the cut of them in the end. Jesus. They watched the first two hours and thought, well, that's the length of a movie. I'll stop this tape here. Like, we're done. And they all have, like, kind of managers or agents or handlers who are like, I don't want anyone to, like, watch this movie and, like, get ca- and upset them. So we just kind of, we roll fake credits after the Push It to the Limit montage. You see all their <laughs> nice houses. And then, yeah, that's it. Yay! And then the world was his. Yeah. Please. Do you know Blink-182 are also massively inspired by this movie? I've heard like this thing, that that's yeah. named after how many times Tony says fuck. Tony does, a, uh, he does a, a swear. He does that, does that swear. Allegedly, 182 times. Hence... Some 41. Oh, I see. Is that how many times... <laughs> how, how many times did someone swear 41 that's many, times? That's how many times he says cockroaches. Ah, I see. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> They're all big into it, aren't they? Like, Yeah, I don't want to just say that it was uh, it was just rappers in hip-hop culture. Uh, it's obviously... It's also Tom it's, DeLonge. It's, yeah, it's, it's extended yeah. To, to idiots like him. as well. <laughs> Oh, hey now. Ah, uh, no. I'll tell you what. A podcast with him and... What was the fucking broken Ghostbuster who believes in crystal skulls? The fucking oh, f- idiot. Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. Put them in... Yeah, let's put them in. Tell them they're recording the podcast. Just, like, seal the door, like, you know. I got all the crystal. Let's melt it down and start afresh, like... Back in the club, pastel pinks, silly music. I do love it. I do love the aesthetic mm-hmm. of Miami in the 80s. Looks great. But uh, Tony doesn't like the aesthetic of his sister in the club. No, because bloody Giorgio has leaned on the synthesizer at this point and just playing this really horrible... <laughs> it's it's like the death stare in Kill Bill. Like It's mm. so ridiculous. <laughs> Sorry, I was just turning off the alarm there. <laughs> he really doesn't like his little sister having any kind of interaction with anyone. There was something with Manny earlier where he's like, oh, your sister looks nice. He's like, nah, fuck off, mate. Stop it. It's very, very defensive. I don't know why. I, yeah, there's a there's a weirdness with their relationship because mm. he sees her still as being like a child in many ways. And it's just like, you know. Yeah. He gets that blind rage. So he, goes. he meets the head narco who is doing pretty dirty dealings as old Mel here. Basically mm. saying, right, you know, you give me this amount, you know, you're, you're essentially, you tell me who 
needs to get busted. We'll bust him for you. The scariest thing he says about being an Arco is that like, I got eight killers working for me and they'll do the damage. Mm. Hey! Uh, yeah. Proper so, trying to extort Tony here. I did these aren't the police that I know. No? No, I thought they'd be like Miami Vice. They'd be blazers and good times. <laughs> Bobby's on the beat. It is. That's what I thought. I thought it'd yeah. be good times. Instead, it was depressing, demoralizing, like the remake of Miami Vice with Colin Farrell. That's what happened instead. It was grim. <laughs> yeah, so Tony... After being extorted by this bloke, kind of walks away, and then immediately gets all close and cuddly with Elvira in mm. front of Frank. Yeah, he doesn't care anymore. Doesn't give a shit. And again, another thing I wrote was, how is this prick not dead yet? This is impressive that he's survived somehow. From like watching lots of animal behaviour stuff when I was uh, researching in, in that world, mm. there's always one animal in a pack that does something like really fucking audacious constantly like how the fuck is no one stopped them like you know yeah. this guy's eating all the carrots stop him his his reign of terror must end he's saying that he's a mad dog alpha pretty much mm. but he's not like because he's not the biggest most imposing dude he's like no. fucking mad dog beta acting <laughs> like mad dog alpha you know we get that synth noise again because someone's touching his sister's bum uh-oh no uh, one touches that. And takes her into a toilet. Yeah, and he, of course, his main issue is not with the person touching his sister's ass, it's uh, with his sister. He threatens her, he hits her, it's fucking terrifying. Bad and, like, dude. You get the sense straight away as well that no one in Tony's circle is going to be able to stop him doing stuff. Because, like, you know, everyone's like, come on, Tony, that's enough. And he's like, he doesn't even, like, acknowledge them whatsoever. Nah. Is it so, like, like, I'm really impressed. I'm quite happy that we've done Scarface so close to Godfather because, mm. goddamn, if that's, like, two fucking polar opposites, what a fucking oh, wide yeah. range, like, you know? Mm. And I've always, someone who's always just been like, oh, Al Pacino, he just was the big angry, oh, Don Cacino. I thought that was him. And you know what? He's got fucking range for days. So He, he can do the subtlety and he can do this kind of thing very well. I'd like Michael to come in and tell him to calm the fuck down. <laughs> it's not how we do business. But don't worry, Kevin. I know this is all getting a bit doom and gloom, but we've got a comedian on stage to hey, entertain us. Yeah, with actual Tish kind of noises and kind of silly comedy sound effects the fuck sam we could i mean i'm just saying we're back in our stand-up days if we mm. had the, the benefit of a badum tish that would have really fucking helped things out i didn't know that was an option no i didn't know you could get that although sam and i for our edinburgh show yeah. for around a week of our run we had a harpist oh yeah we <laughs> which, did didn't we which if if a joke doesn't land you can always rely on nice the harp to rule it back in like you know all the old hucksters back in the vaudeville days we there with the harp ruling mm. the rubes you know come on you fucking idiots Oh, I forgot about that. That was nice, wasn't it? Good times. Very hop. good times. Yeah. yeah. So, Manny and Gina. There's a little bit of something going on there. Oh. Mm. Oh. Uh-oh. And uh, in the attempted hit that then takes place on Tony's life during a stand-up set, mm. Tony survives, but this weird bootleg Frank Sidebottom gets killed, which oh, the is very sad. scary masked strangers in the night figure. <laughs> what is that act? I don't know. I'm just going to come on with my freaky mask and move around to Frank Sinatra song. How dare you, Sam? He won a Perrier Award for that <laughs> act. <laughs> but that was back in the 90s when they just gave him out to fucking anyone who'd go on stage. No, that's not true. That is legitimately not true. <laughs> I don't know why. I had a dream once where 
like instead of the you know the Perrier Award, and I know it was Edinburgh, and I never was able to keep up with it, even when I was there. It's so sure. fucking confusing. But there's loads of politics around the sponsors of certain awards and mm-hmm. certain venues. I know Perrier is fucking is a is a dirty word for some people. Well, and they're not the sponsor anymore. Oh, they're not the sponsor anymore. Because I thought that you and I could. I had a dream once that you and I started our own comedy award in Edinburgh, and it was called the Seabrook Crisps <laughs> Comedy Awards. <laughs> That would be fantastic. A quality award that yeah. recognises quality exclusively in swimming pools. Imagine if the good name of Seabrook Crisps was one day taken down. I know, man. Right? You know, That'd be crazy. If they were outed as wrongans in some way. First they came for Seabrook Crisps and I said nothing. Then they came for Orangina and yes, I remained <laughs> silent. <laughs> So Tony escapes this kind of hit attempt. We've all been there in Grand Theft Auto. You've been shot Boom, up, maybe. health is low, into the car, drive off to the next mission, hopefully you'll auto-heal in time. He shoots fuck out of them, doesn't he? Out of he those does. assassins. Oh, man, yeah. he shoots their legs clean off. Good job. He's got a little uh, he's got a little phone call plan. He's going to tell his boys to ring Frank at a certain time, then he's going to visit Frank and essentially, you know, prove that it was him that ordered the hit. Mm. And the plan works to a T. Uh, Tony's very upset because he's been shot a little bit and he's got his good clean clothes all covered in spaghetti sauce. Now. He's not happy about that at all. <laughs> so he confronts Frank, the corrupt detective man, and one of their mates. Yeah, and he's pretty much, he lays it out there. He's like, someone tried to kill me. And Frank's like, what? Someone tried to kill you? Oh, I know. Who could that be? I don't know. He quite quickly goes, oh, the jig is up. Yeah, it was me. Can I have a second chance? I'll give you $10 million. You can have my wife. I'll get on my hands and knees Look, and I beg. I got this toy. It turns into a house and then a robot. <laughs> like it, It'll work. Please, man, don't kill. It's really... It's so funny to see him like on his hands and knees. And mm. he's like, you know, take my wife, for instance. Please, somebody take her. Uh, you know, the, the stand-up is long over, mate, yeah? You're, the time for jokes has passed. There is a great contrast here between... Remember when... Tony was kind of at risk of being killed by the chainsaw man. Ah, yes. And he was just like, fuck you, spit in the face. Whereas Frank, down on his knees begging for his life. But Tony ain't about that shit. Yeah, I tell you what he's about. Liroji. Balls. In Irish, that was there. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, he's like, take my wife. Blap. No, I don't want your wife. Well, I could have her anyway if I just kill yeah. you. So actually, I do want her. Blap. And then uh, Mel's like, you can't kill a cop. Blap. Yes, I can. <laughs> <laughs> She's in the stomach for a bit as well. Oh yeah, it's horrible. Yeah. But like he's like, oh come on, you 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 can't kill a cop, and he's like, mate, robbers rules, yeah, blap blap. So Blaps long, man. Have a good trip. See you next fall. Oh, imagine going out and hearing like a really bad quip as you die. Oh no, that's going to you know? be. That's kind of that's why when I die, I want to be as far away from you as possible because that will lower my chances significantly. Like, what if the killer before they killed you botched the clever line they were doing and they were, they just fucked up? Oh man! And that was the last thing you heard. That's why, like, if I got to stick around and got you know hit with a machete, I'd be like, yeah, all right, good going. <laughs> I went out on a memorable note. But they don't kill Ernie. The lad with the moustache. They give him oh, a job. So sweet. He's there all sweaty and has his big glug afterwards. Oh, thanks. Thanks, lads. Appreciate it. Thanks for not killing me. It's great. And then Scarface sees an ominous bit of branding on a blimp saying, the world is yours. Mm. So let's have a motherfucking montage. I push it to the limit. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> 
here, down the mountain, man, and down and do some cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's like an ancient mythical robot has been stabbed. This synth <laughs> No, he was the keeper of the true secret of peace. <laughs> this sequence gets very silly very quick. What? You got problems with Montana management? <laughs> he's, he's amassed his big empire. He's married the lady. But all the DLC. Yeah, there's a nice shot of a security camera panning around the wedding because he's always going to be paranoid now. Gina gets a salon? Yeah. I'll tell you what, though, Sam. Him marrying Elvira, could you imagine the episode of Don't Tell the Bride? Like, <laughs> you, what, you spent all the money for the, the, the wedding dress on what, cocaine? What? And I, a tiger. You you did the stag do, and you went to Bolivia, and all you took were your mates, and you just used it to buy more cocaine. <laughs> I like his big old fuck-off painting of him and her. Oh, man, it's so fucking gaudy and brilliant. I'm not going to lie. I, I want one of those for me and Joe. I think it, it yeah. really tied the room together in the living room, yeah. No, I thought Ominous, you were me like, and you. <laughs> you'd be weird, like, just you know, every day, like, come down, like... <laughs> Tell you what, though, you can have a tiger if you like. You can have a tiger. All right. It's like native land of fucking Miami. Jesus Christ. Like. Back garden tied up. It's just bad when I see a tiger like that. Like, and this is bad because it's from. I, I look from the animal's point of view, and like yeah. the best case scenario for that animal is that it gets loose and kills a load of people and goes out swinging. Like, you know, has That's a proper the best life. case. Yeah. That is. It's like, wait, I'm a tiger again, but lots mm. of people are dead. Guess you should have never brought it over here. We never see what happens to the tiger, do we? No, and that's probably like subject of a Louis Theroux follow-up documentary. I imagine, like, <laughs> not gonna lie, it's an epidemic. It's, it's it's really sad the amount of like captive tigers oh, and like, lions. Yeah. Oh, it's so fucking depressing and sad. It really uh. upsets upsets me to think about it. And it's idiots like Tony Montana. And if you're inspired by Tony Montana and you buy a fucking tiger, I hope it breaks free and it comes to tea and it has all your fucking Mr. Kip country slices and doesn't leave any for you no i was just trying to push it to the limit mate but you know there's a there's a limit to the limit yeah (laughs) that can't be pushed so there's lots of cocaine in this montage as well including um elvira eating cocaine like yeah just having a nice little mouthful of coke I'm now, I, I just assumed, like, one time I ate a little spoon of flour to see what it's like, and I was like, yeah. ah, and I would have thought that cocaine would have had a similar Probably effect. Like that. Any yeah. orifice it went into, I thought it would have been similar to that, like. Yeah, it's ah. Got problems with the bank now. We're mm. back into the future. Months have passed. Montana has built his empire. You know, you know things are going well when you've got a monogrammed mansion to your name. <laughs> Yes, but money troubles because he's trying to launder all of this fucking money. You know what they say, Sam? More money, more troubles. Yeah. You know, more troubles. You know, or mo troubles. Sure, mo troubles from Dan Paladash. Don't don't let the name fool you. He's a dote. He's lovely. He's absolutely lovely. Do you like Tony's got a special two pronged nose straw for optimum cocaine (laughs) consumption? That's the sort of thing you'd get on Wish.com, isn't it? You know? <laughs> I mean, it was either that. I know in the 80s, the Tory government really tried to pass a two-pronged banknote to basically <laughs> get the same thing going, but this is just what they ended up with instead. Yeah. He, lo- he loves his cocaine. Loves he does. It. 
Yeah, he's got a taste for it now. He loves. Mm. The, he does. He loves the smell of it. So he does. So, hey. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's he's uh, he's got a problem with the bank because the bank are like, look, we're pretty greasy, but you know, we're not oily greasy. Like you know, you will have to launder a bit of your own money yourself. So mm. figure it out, mate. Yeah. He's chilling out in his giant bath in the middle of a room. Oh, that's a fucking big bath. I do quite like it. I yeah. know it's supposed to look like kind of pathetic and a symbol of. Stupid excess. Ah, no, Sam, but that's obviously... You know who thinks that? People who are smaller than most baths. And as as a tall man, and you're a tall man as well, Mm -hmm. are you like me where it's like, oh, I'm going to have a nice relaxing bath. I'm either going to be sitting upright having wet legs or in this weird hunkered down position with my knees popping out like fucking the Loch Ness Monster times two. Never good. But big bath, yes, please. Yes, please. That bath is so fucking big. It's huge. Huge. I take back everything I said. I'm going to become a cocaine dealer. (laughs) I'm going to take everything that is yours. How long would that take to run, that bath? Oh, man. Long, how long have you got to turn those taps on? I mean, like, I have got a standard bath in this house. Right. And I need a solid 10-minute lead-in time on that. Mm. And that's if I want a deep bath, you know. This is probably like a five or six times your standard bath, maybe even more. Yeah, you know the people that are like, oh, just have a smaller bath. What the fuck is this? World War Two? I'm having a <laughs> rations bath. Fuck that, like. <laughs> You know, oh, I had, to, I had to eat. A, I had to have a small bath and cook my dinner in the water as well. No, fuck that. You know, big bath, mate. Big bath, big deep bath, big bloody bath. Fucking yeah, I literally want to jump into. I want to dive bomb into that bath. Yeah, it looks and, fun. and then float around in it like a dead body. I like hours. that it's below like ground level. If that makes sense, it's like yeah. sunk into the it's carpet. A sunken bath, Flush. which is great. Really, really good. You could use it for a lot of storage when you're not doing it. I like <laughs> as well that he's got an inlet tv that's very very good mm, yeah so when yeah. you didn't have flat screens back in the days you had to think laterally you had to go deep in you had to make an inlet and he's got his little security monitors as well yeah that comes with it as well now, hasn't it because he's gone paranoid always paranoid very paranoid mm. he kind of goes off a bit on capitalism and he's like capitalism's about getting fucked in the ass Mm. And they're like, well, if anyone can talk about capitalism, it's you, Mr. The World Is Mine. Am I right, <laughs> folks? He's he's horrible to his wife now, isn't he? Really, really bad. Yeah, they, they've completely soured on each other, like, pretty much yeah. immediately. Because uh, she is just doing loads of drugs and has nothing yeah. to do. He is, like, even though he's, like, still, like... This is very, like, representative of the problem that you have in, like, Grand Theft Auto games, where it's like, you become the godfather of the world, but also you still go out and do hit-and-run missions. But he, he's <laughs> like that. He's still involved in the nitty-gritty at the street level, yeah. it seems like. He's doing deals and shit like that. Mm. But, uh, yeah, she's having big coke. Her cocaine habit is almost as bad as my Coca-Cola habit was in, you know, when I was 16. Right. Tan, tanned a two-liter bottle of Coke vanilla once. Say nothing about my cola habits. Well, I mean, Pepsi's not Coke, though, is it? Like, well, you know, you didn't have you didn't have Coke problems, Sam. Like, you know, come right. on, pep, you know, Pep issues. <laughs> if there was a street drug that was called Pep, we might be able to draw an analogy right. here. Like, right. there, you know, what the probably is these days. You know, all the kids are on Pep. All the kids are all pepped up on Pep. Yeah, popping Pep every which way. The issue that she has now with Tony. Boring. You're boring. Oh. Yeah, always going on about money. I think that is the thing I'm most scared of being called in my life is boring. Yeah? Oh, being called boring. Why are you scared uh. of it? Is it because you're boring? No, it's me. I hate to be called boring. I'm a laugh me. 
I can cook as well, and I, I'll be honest. I'm getting a bit bored of this conversation. Oh. Though, uh, yeah, that's, the kind of, that's the vibe I get from you. <laughs> you big boring bastard. You're boring, and also you're not good at sex. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. And he's like, "What are you talking about? I've had loads of sex, fucking massive amounts. I've got a big, nice willy. This bath is full of cum. That's how much sex I've had." <laughs> he's running out of people who like him. Now, yeah, Avari didn't like him that much to begin with, but even Manny now is getting the thick mm. end of the wedge. I but don't yeah, fucking need you. But he has got that big bath. Yeah, I mean... It's a hard one. Even when I'm in my bath that I'm admittedly slightly too big for, I kind of get the sense that I don't fucking need nobody. I got I got yeah. my loofah, I got my radox. What the fuck do I... I got a oh. towel to dry my hands so I can put on more ambient sounds. Yeah, people don't give you that kind of satisfaction Sam last week I had a bath I went onto YouTube I found a mixture of Donkey Kong Country music and ambient rain sounds the world was literally mine (laughs) I didn't need nobody not you not anyone (laughs) but when you've got a load of money and you've got it in cash what do you need to do you need to count it for a really long time I don't know about you Sam but I'm yeah. even strong consideration to getting one of those money machines and just withdrawing a bit of my... And just keep putting it through. And yeah, a couple of fibers. Yeah. And... Oh, that yeah, noise. Uh, it feels good. It's like someone shuffling cards times a thousand. Yeah, satisfying. Oh, I do man. That. I love that. Yeah. Absolutely love it. And I think the only ways to get into that are if I be- get involved in the church or an organized crime. So One in the safe. <laughs> That's not... Again, probably snip. But, oh, know. no, Sam. People got to hear no. your edgy hot takes, like, uh. you know. <laughs> Anarchic Sam Chaplin, like, you know. He hates the church. <laughs> Rico! Rico! Oh! Uh, they got done it on a Rico charge, which is criminal conspiracy. Mm-hmm. Because they had a little camera in the clock in the wall. And this is the deal that he insisted on going with himself, because mm. uh, the other guy didn't know how to do deals. Like, I know how to do deals. I'm the best at deals. The Said hubris the of the man. Oh, God. Ah. Ah. Hugh Briss, they could call this guy, huh? <laughs> Instead of Al Pacino. <laughs> so he gets released on a record $5 million bond. Mm. He talks with his lawyer. His lawyer's like, look, I'm a dirty-ass lawyer, but, you know, you're pretty much caught red-handed here. Even my ass ain't that day. Yeah. So he says that you're probably going to go to jail for tax evasion. Or mm. avoision. I'm not sure which one. They are one, different, one apparently. Of two. Yeah. One of the two. Three to five years, probably. Right, yeah. Which, Tony ain't going to want to do that. No. No. Yeah, he's scared of the idea of going to jail. That's the one thing that freaks him out Because then he'll have nothing. Because then he won't be someone. He won't have all of his stuff. I mean, you know, there's always the guy who's the, has the, the cat who's got the cream inside the prison. I think that'd be him, you know? Yeah. I'm just saying he's got a lot of attributes that would serve him well in the world of gang prison violence. Think he'd have a big bag of prison cream? <laughs> The cat that's got the prison cream, yeah. <laughs> and the cream rises to the top, Sam, always. But I tell you, he's got some connections who can get Tony out of trouble. Barry Bolivia. You boy Sosa. Kaiser Sosa. No, just Sosa. He's in, uh, he's, he's in Bolivia. You got problems. I got problems. Let's, uh, let's all solve our problems collectively. Let's, let's all kill a journalist. Let's kill him, you know? Kill a Bolivian journalist. And then you have to pay a fine. Yeah. Be all right. I wonder what the fine is these days for killing a Bolivian journalist. Nah. Ah. Cheap. Cheap, isn't it? Yeah. Cheap, mate. Cheap. Bargain. Now, they have what appears to be mm. a nice dinner, but it doesn't go well. Everyone's dressed nice, nice food, nice wine. Yeah. Lo- lovely dress on 
on Elvira, lovely mm-hmm. tuxedos on the boys. Yeah. But it's a pretty fucking shit vibe because Tony's all yes. depressed. Ah. He's being a proper horrible, horrible prick. Oh, you got a fucking bag for a belly. Meh. Talking about her polluted yeah. womb. Oh, polluted womb. Grim, isn't it? That's very grim. Very grim. Don't talk about womb. Don't take wombs in vain, like, you know. It's a bad time all around for everyone. Uh, And Elvira, rightly so, gives him both the business and the thick end of the wedge. And both barrels. Oh, my God. This is a fucking triple threat right here, Sam. (laughs) Big argument. Shit gets smashed up in this restaurant. She storms out. It's all... It's all happening. Tony's laying into all these rich people. It causes a scene. Yeah. Uh, you'll need me. You'll need the bad guy. You <laughs> point at me and say that <laughs> I'm the bad guy. So say goodnight to the bad guy. Night night. Nice. Night. Night, bad guy. see you next time on Balamore. I'm <laughs> sleepy. <laughs> Good night. Oh, he's, he, he is. You know what? He's tired, isn't he? He's knackered, mate. He's tired. He's all tuckered oh. out. And then, I'm not fucking tired! <laughs> I wanna watch the fucking Lion King, Mom! <laughs> we'll put it on the VCR! You do it now! Ah, <laughs> oh, Tony. Do you think he was like this as a kid? What, Al or Tony Montana? Both. <laughs> yes, yes, and probably. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know how, how things worked when Tony was a, when Tony was a bambino. Kevin? Yeah. I'll tell you what is jarring. In this film. What's that? When we go to New York, and the whole vibe, the whole aesthetic is completely different from what we've had. Oh, yeah. All this Miami stuff. It just looks really weird to be in New York in this movie. Very quick. And, you know, not not for nothing, the movie is clocking in at around three hours. Mm. And we have this one scene, which is... I mean, obviously, we go to Bolivia as well, but it's you're, you're still in kind of mansions and shit like that. It's still yeah, very yeah. much the same aesthetic of drug lords. But, yeah, it does randomly boom around the streets in New York. It does. It sticks it out like a so sore thumb. place. Yeah. Yeah. Totally different vibe. Setting up an old car bomb. Very uh-huh. Grand Theft Auto. Very, very Grand Theft Auto. Plant the car bomb. Go wait in the car. Watch him come out with little binoculars or something. Uh-oh. Not only is the man in the car, but wife and kids are too. Uh-oh. And this is interesting. Tony has a line he will not cross. And the killing of wife and children, is is that's, that's the line for him. Yeah, he's going to cancel it. Because, like, he doesn't want children to die unnecessarily, which is good. That's a good moral principle to have. That's he's a still low got fucking some humanity bar. left. I know. I know it's a low bar, but at least he's got that bar. Yeah, that that is the, one of the only bars that he has, and he's nothing else in his selection box because he's been a rotter all year. He's not like the world is mine. Fuck it, kill some kids. It's like no, come on, that's not on. And he shoots Hector Salamanca. The world is mine, but I would like the world to include women and children in it, so yeah. don't kill them, please. They're mine. He's got some humanity left, Kevin. A little yes. bit. I like the way that the way he shows his humanity is by shooting a man point blank in the face. <laughs> With the kind of, Fuck that, I don't need that shit in my life. That's that, a quote. Oh, man. I love as well, like, he's he's kind of like... His excuse is like, like oh, look what you made me do. You ruined my coat. You made me all angry. He's, like, he's just kind of like, you did this? And he's talking to him. To man, a dead he's, man. He's dead as fuck. Yeah. Like. Bit late to be telling him all that. And, of course, as he has... Killed the hitman, mm. whose job it was was to kill the journalist, and the bomb now gets found. So Sosa yep. has most definitely got a grievance. But yeah. Tony and the cocaine disagree. 
<laughs> do whatever, mate. I don't give a shit. I'll do what I want. Ain't killing no kids. The final run of this movie, Sam. Mm. He he's eight glasses of coke a day now. At this point, like yeah, you know? yeah. Now I think what Tony has here is that he's got the idea in his head that coke is a free calorie, and you can have at least half of your plate be cocaine, and you can have as much as you want. I mean, for anyone listening at home, it is technically so nutritionally you're fine i was literally about to segue into a way of telling our listeners how to eat more vegetables and that it's good for you <laughs> and instead you've advocated the use of a class a substance <laughs> instead and i think we may have missed the mark on our on our uh, public duty here all i was going to say is that you can fill up half of your dinner plate with as many different vegetables as you like as long as they're not cooked in oil. This would be a completely different film if the thing that Tony Montana loved so much was just nice vegetables. That would be me. Literally me right now. And that, at like, the end of the know, film, he's just got a massive, massive mountain plate. of veggies. He just dips his face into it. Nom, 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 nom. Sam, I'm not going to lie. Soon as this podcast goes off the hook, that yeah. will be me. I'll be sat there with a big face plate. full of veggies. I got a steamer for, for Christmas, you see, Ooh. and I've been having a great time. Nice. An Alyssa steamer. That's a Tony Hawk's Pro Skater reference. Do you like Brussels sprouts? We, we've talked about this. I'm, oh, yeah, I'm all about sprouts. Yeah, you yeah. to our Christmas episodes for in-depth yes, hot takes yes, on sprouts. Yes, yes. I, I'm pretty much pro every vegetable mm-hmm. except cucumber. Mm. Cucumber literally... Sets me off, and Not I was any circumstance. I, I hate it in everything. I, I will pick it out. It's I love courgettes. I love pickles. I love cornicons. Cucumber, no. And the reason mm. I know this is so like it's not just like a, I don't like it. It's like a real like. That I was watching Supermarket Secrets with Greg Wallace the other night. I thought you were going to say Supermarket Sweep. Oh, no. Uh. Sorry. We've already had the sweep. Now we have to look for the secrets. Like Now that the sweep <laughs> has been completed, we know where all yeah. the secrets are. And on Supermarket Secrets, they were talking about how they keep stuff fresh on the mm. shelves in the supermarket. And they used they used cucumbers. And like, mm. here's a cucumber that's been kept in the proper conditions, wrapped in cellophane. We're like, oh, it's nice and firm. And they go, and here's one that's not been. And it was all wobbly and floppy. Uh. And they, they cut into it. And I was like, I need to leave the room. I well, need to leave the hard. room. Do you know that cats are afraid of cucumbers? They're because they think they're snakes. Yeah. Apparently. You ever seen videos of cats being really yeah, scared y- and you know, yeah, being I made know, anxious seen, by uh, cucumbers? Yay. It's horrible, isn't it? <laughs> You know what, Sam? Once you've seen one, you've seen them all. And why is it that people are like, you know what, I've seen it, now I want to make a cat feel upset. No, not on that. And if you've got a laser pointer, fuck off using it with a cat. If it can't catch its prey, it'll get stressed out. Now, I'll say no more on the matter. But on the matter of vegetables, I don't Hmm. know what it is with cucumber. I really don't, because everyone in my family loves it. You've eaten it before, though, right? I have. I've tried. Yeah. You don't like it. You need to try a vegetable ten times, or anything new, apparently, ten times before your brain can register if you like it Ten times. Ten times. Ten times. So the time I was like, yeah, I don't like carrots once when I was a child, mm. and that was then catered to for the rest of my childhood. <laughs> right. That was probably a bit jumping Nine the Nine more times, and you're like, wait a minute, these are all right. Sam, I'm never without a bag of carrots in the fridge now. No? Uh, last weekend, I had none left, and I literally didn't know what to do with myself. Oh. Go to McDonald's, mate. They do. Do they? They do little bags of carrots. Oh, and the Happy Meal. Yeah. And they're, they're nice and hot then, aren't they? They're nice and warm. <laughs> from being next to the, And it's good, because it makes them smell like bad for you foods. Yeah. So you can eat but the carrot and be like, healthy. hey, carrots. Yeah. That may smell like Big Macs. So, Kevin. Yeah. Gina's missing. Yeah. Tony's coming back to Miami. Oh, and he's got loads more coke in the system. His mum's like, you need to track her down. She's, she's gone. Where's she gone? 
She's at Manny's house. And Manny had said previously, like, oh, I'm off on a hot date. And he had kind of, you know, he had some interactions Mm. with Gina. But, yeah, they decided that they were going to get married and tell Tony as a surprise. And he Uh. kills Manny before he could even say anything. And Gina comes (sighs) out and sees it. And, oh, my God. I really want to model my life on the values of Tony Montana. I think he's a great anti-hero, epitomizes the American dream. He got it all, man, and he killed everyone he loves. Uh. Yeah. Horrible. Yeah. And we get one more blast of that big synth noise in Tony's head when someone's near his sister. Yeah. So they they bring Gina back to Tony's big ugly mansion just in tears. They just bring her back there anyway. I think it's a start when the police come so she's not there to give a statement or anything like that. Jesus. And this is the point where Tony is literally burying his face in a big mountain of coke. Yeah, he's he's big big dirty tray of cocaine there for that's not a proper dinner now at this point there's a thing where he's all he's all coked the fuck up he's had a lot of coke here and gina comes out wearing kind of a nighty or something and is kind of being a bit flirty and i initially thought this sort of seems like tony's having a hallucination type thing but that's not i don't think that's how coke works no but she's like you want me for yourself have sex with me but also she's walking towards him and shooting him i think what she's doing there is she's obviously like completely traumatized and in a yeah. state of like near psychosis over what's just happened she's snapped and she is she has snapped yes and i think mm. it's like literally like well why the fuck did he do it the only reason he could do it is because deep down subconsciously i bet he wants to have sex with me and i mm. think she's like fucking with i don't think she's actually like yeah actually oh, no, no, kiss no. me now no, i know yeah she's doing it to like fucking destroy him psychologically which i think she does a pretty great job at like you know as well as shooting him in the leg like you know yeah but then one of the lads breaks in one of these social lads breaks in shoots gina gone the bolivian hit squad which is a great name for my new dance troupe oh that does sound good it, get yeah. that one britain's got talent absolutely you're gonna get yeah. fucking served motherfuckers tony pushes this guy out of a window shoots him a bunch of times that looks kind of cool falls in the pool tony guards his sister's corpse with a lot more care and attention than his actual living sister when she was alive <laughs> <laughs> now this this last bit i guess we could just talk about this very broadly yep 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 lots of lads rushing in lots of shooting big shootout and then he's there like say hello to my little friend yeah hall here he is now come in on me hall come on in and let him show you your lovely new shiny shoes now i thought his little friend was a big gun yeah. I didn't realise it was a big gun with a fucking grenade launcher on it. Oh, yeah, this guy's obviously Counter-Strike fucking through and through. He knows yeah. the shit. He's got his alternate fire there with the grenade launcher. A little, fuck! You know, a little one of those. So he's just shooting everything to fuck there, shooting back. He's kind of insulting everyone, dancing around. Um, it's being shot to pieces. Cocaine rage. It's cocaine rage. Some lad with sunglasses and a shotgun sneaks up behind him. He's filled up both his balls and his insult meter at this point, Sam, it's yeah. safe to say. And yeah, he's like... <laughs> I forget what he says at the end. I think he calls someone a macaron. He's like, you fucking macaron! I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm going to take you out of the fridge and enjoy you with a nice cup of coffee, you motherfucker. Eat. Takes around 20 bullets. It's like Boromir at the end of Lord mm. of the Rings. Where he's like, uh, I tried to take the ring from Frodo. I tried to, I tried to take <laughs> the cocaine from him. I'm, I'm so sorry. <laughs> and he gets shot in the back. There's your comeuppance, mate. 
falls into his weird fountain. And sexy Taffin does them in as well, you know. Boom. Who is that lad? Just the head of the hit squad, like. Cool. He's so cool he can wear sunglasses at night while doing a fucking... A tactical a, a, a mission. A tactical shooty mission. Mm. The world is yours on this little fountain thing. Then we're done. That was Scarface. And you can't help but think the repercussions for the property market, because he's got a lot of realty under his belt. Yeah. And that's not going to Gina. Who's that going to default to? Uh, the rich mammy, I would have thought now. She's uh, in the long game now. No, no yeah. more working at the sewing factory for her. She's got yeah. an empire. The world is hers yeah. more like, huh? <laughs> well, yeah. Now, we went through it. I mean, I, I'm not going to say I didn't get a definitive, like, oh, I enjoyed it lots or I didn't like it mm. at all from you at the start. And I was going to probe you more, but I thought, let's go through it and figure it out. It seems like we've broadly had a similar time. I, I, I really enjoyed my. This is my favorite viewing of it. Right, yeah. But that was coming out with a newfound appreciation of Al Pacino and loving the music and whatnot, and, mm. you know, it not having to live up to the fresh memories of The World Is Yours on Nintendo Wii. Yeah. But did you enjoy yourself, would you say? <sighs> well, what were the, the issues with this? Okay, this is a tough one, because, unfortunately, we're back on... I'm back on my bullshit again. Because yeah. this was long, and, let me tell you, felt long. Ah. I did get a little bit fatigued. I, I did two hours, and then I went for a swim, and then I did the last hour. Right. Probably I, wise. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, did you get to the push it to the limit montage, and you were like, right. Then I pushed it to the limit by doing yeah. a couple of lengths. Came back, watched the last bit. Yeah, it felt long. Was it, like, what were the bits, that, were there bits that you were like, just get rid of this, and then would have been an okay length? Because it does, doesn't need to be a three-hour movie, it feels. It doesn't, and then I'm not really sure what I'd take out. This, I don't know, it all kind of seems necessary. Yeah. It's just all, you know, drawn out a bit. If anything, they gloss over a lot, like, they montage the fuck out of the bit you think you'd be most interested in, which is him yeah. like, running and gunning and taking shit over, you know? Building up the kind of empire. Yeah. You don't really see much of that. I think this film is one of those films where there's like a lot of... Well, there's not a lot of characters. There's quite a few characters, a lot of stuff going on. But the broad strokes big story is man comes to America with nothing, kind of builds his way up, starts getting successful, gets greedy, has too much, it all comes crumbling down, right? The American dream becomes the American scheme. Oh, oh, nightmare. (laughs) I was was just going for a stone-cold rhyme. (laughs) American scheme. You know, it, I'm starting to sour on it a bit, having, really? having gone it, through what, it. Was it too violent for you? Was it too, like... No. Because yeah, it's, it's quite an aggressive movie. And I I think, like, a big part of it that can weigh on it is the fact that people do love it so much and they love Tony Montana. Like, you know, I'm not to, to stereotype folks, but, like, I knew the lads when I was in university who had Tony mm. Montana posters on their doors and they weren't usually the nicest people. <laughs> No, you know, he's a bit of a shit role model for people, isn't he? Like, there's not much good or redeeming qualities you can find in him as a character. I think. I mean, that's the point. Yeah, yeah. I loved the aesthetic of this. I love the look of Miami and the '80s and the synth and the kind of disco and the palm you know, trees, the palm trees, bikinis, ice cream, all that kind of jazz. It looked great. The music was great. I'm not as buzzed about the characters as I was about. I'm, I'm comparing this a lot to The Godfather because we're, you know, talking Pacino. Yeah, yeah. It's more fascinated by that performance. Kind of impressed by this performance, but not as interested in it. This movie is like, it's it's Al Pacino. 
And then yeah. there's hap- like uh, not to take anything away from some great other performances. Manny's mm. fabulous. Michelle Pfeiffer's fabulous. Uh, Jesus yeah. fabulous. You know, but they're very much bit players in this man's big scheme. Whereas Michael is a player and a big cast of characters. He then becomes the big cheese at mm. the end. So it's kind of the focus is on him like 120% all the yeah. way through the movie. Now I'm thinking about it, it is quite just relentlessly pretty bleak, this film, really. I know yeah. it's kind of a, a story of a man, you know, building this whole thing up, but it is it is kind of kind of sad. I can see why there was a muted reaction at the time. Like, if you were turning on the telly and you were seeing all the deaths and the fucking craze from the big crime wave that mm. they were going through and all that, and then this movie comes out, and... I mean, I don't want to... People would, would point and say, oh, it glorifies violence. But I don't know if it does, because it's no, like it's so bleak and horrid. It's, it know, doesn't look glorious. No. And, like, it's not glamorous or cool. Like, it, they do make him out to look, I think, ridiculous at a lot of points through his excess. Yeah. You know, through the, you know, the big bath in the middle of the room, his custard car that he has at one point. All of his silly trappings of success that don't really mean Ooh, anything. A custard car, yes, please. And that money isn't everything. Yeah. I... <laughs> so it was a bit bleak and a bit long. Is that your main issue with it then? I think so. Yeah. I, I liked a lot of the aesthetics of it. I liked a lot of the performances. I liked the sound of it. Would you want to watch it again? Probably not. I. Th- you know what I think? I think if I had watched this when I was like 14 or something... I'd have probably got the wrong message from it, but also had a much better time, you know? Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Fuck, yeah, yeah, shoot everyone, fuck it, take what you want, do loads of drugs, that's all cool. And and now I'm just a bit like, this is really sad, isn't it? It's very sad. It is, I think it it speaks to the innocent times of the the early 2000s when this movie was really penetrating pop culture mm. on a massive scale that like it just seems in 2019 a bit of a sad movie <laughs> <laughs> a little bit sad uh, you yeah know. I, did, I enjoyed quite a lot of it Pacino was great everyone was kind of great yeah but I don't feel brilliant coming out of it no I don't have that uh, I don't know yeah yeah so it will stick in my mind yeah, I'll remember yeah. it yeah, I don't know. I don't have that kind of euphoric. It's not. It's not a feel-good movie in any no, sense. No. Yeah. I mean, you know, not all movies have to be. No. It doesn't make them less good. It could be. This might be one of those movies that now, like, I, I want to maybe ask you in like a week or something yeah. like that what you feel about. Maybe. It, you know, yeah. it could could grow on you, or you might think about it a bit more, or whatever. Maybe that's too positive going into it. <laughs> too much of a good mood. Um, <laughs> not for you then. Uh, well. For me, in some ways, I, f- I feel worried that about not liking Scarface because so many people love it. I mean, people love it, but I think it's like one of those movies that, like, as you rightly said, if you had sauna when you were, you know, fourteen or fifteen or whatever, yeah. it probably would have like you know, move over Reservoir Dogs and other violent movies. I'm not meant to be watching. This is awesome, and like, I, yeah. I, I too definitely felt like that. I felt that I missed my opportune time to watch it when i watched it finally when i was like you know in my early 20s i was like oh yeah maybe this would have been more my bag when i was younger and you know i was definitely titillated by the violence then Mm. less so now but i mean i don't know if the movies is as deep a look at the american dream as people might make it out to be and i don't think it's necessarily can find itself into being anything like a social commentary on Cuban-American relations or 
Cuban immigrants or immigration in America and whatnot. They didn't really dwell on much of it. It was about the, it was a movie about excess, you know? Uh, yeah, it's not it, a subtle film. No, and you can see why it didn't go down very well at the time when it came out then, obviously, because it was like mm-hmm. holding up a mirror to like gross excesses of the time, which probably usually, you know, people don't like movies that point that out immediately as it's happening yeah. <laughs> like i i know tony's the bad guy but I, d- I don't feel that kind of bad guy kinship that kind of like he's but he's cool though and i respect his hustle i don't feel that i, I respect how he doesn't want to kill a woman and children well i do respect that <laughs> let's be clear on that fair, fair play mate though fair play yeah that, you yeah. can't deny him on that though yeah i'm personally not a scarface fan but i, d- I do like that kind of thing in the beautiful game <laughs> that's right so that's why we love it sam out there 22 men playing their hearts out 22 (laughs) women playing their hearts out in soccer and not one of them is having eyes to murder or kill anyone no no sam well well there we are now we've had a chat about it it's not been the most endearing of movies for you (sighs) are you ready to say goodbye to the bad guy and give this a little bit of a star wipe rating i think so and i think i know where i'm going to go with this is that I appreciate this a lot. Yeah. I liked a lot of the way it looked, and that's a big part of a film. Mm -hmm. I liked Mm -hmm. the vibe of Miami in the 80s. I liked the music. I liked the characters. I liked the costumes. I liked the performances. I just feel a bit gross watching it. I just feel a bit down (laughs) about it. But that doesn't mean it's not quite good. So I'm going to go with three star wipes. Three star wipes. You heard it here first. Thank you for listening to another episode of Cinema Swirl. This episode was produced by Kevin, it was edited by me, Sam, and the music was also by me, apart from the mailbag jingle, which this time was arranged and performed by Tristan Carroll. If you'd like to support the show directly, you can do so over at patreon.com forward slash cinemaswirl. Episode votes are on Facebook over at facebook.com forward slash cinemaswirl. We're on Twitter, that's at cinemaswirl. And if you have something for the mailbag, send it on over to cinemaswirl at gmail.com, that's cinemaswirl at gmail.com. If you enjoy the show, please do recommend it to anyone else you think will enjoy it too. And we'll see you next time on Cinema Swell. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>